right. Hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Steven has now got his hat on so we can continue. Uh, we are playing Call of Cthulhu today. We're continuing our Eternal Lies campaign. Full crew back. Very happy uh, that Maitre is back with us. Uh, it was absolutely awful without you, Maitre. Uh, I can't stand these people. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a brat. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I have been but complaining all day about you. We did miss so. you, though. So, that's really that's the take home. That's message. actually true. I'm so happy to be back every day. I missed you guys, too. But you got yeah. so much done last session. They did, actually. They did get a bunch of stuff done. Uh, so that was kind of cool. We had a, we had a, a nice interrogation. I almost had, yeah. Which was really strange. <laughs> I've started to. So I write these little summaries for, for every episode just to keep track of everything. And I've been for years now sharing because I write them for myself. And then I started sharing them uh, with players at the same time. And so I start to get a little catty sometimes in the summaries. And so you'll hear when I get a little catty with Pastor Wood's behavior. <laughs> And then I think I did it last night too with Delta Green, where I was just like, and they did not yeah, you back did. up. Yeah, like so it's very fun. It's fun. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, but okay, we're back. Before we get started, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, we have a new Discord. That's the sort of the big thing. We started up this past week. Uh, we would love for any and y'all to what the hell did I just say? Any of you all to come hang out with us on that Discord where you can meet the uh, extremely friendly and sentient cluster of mushrooms known as boars and various other things as well. So if you would like to come, uh, come over, hang out. Mostly just dropped the Discord in the Twitch chat. And if you're watching this later on YouTube, check the show notes and such, and you'll find links down there. Uh, and in addition to that, we are giving doing a little giveaway to celebrate uh, the new Discord uh, from our friends at Norse Foundry. We're going to have a gift certificate that we are going to draw next Thursday around the time of our Werewolf the Apocalypse game. Uh, so if you're in the Discord by then, you are entered the win, and uh, and you might you might you, you you might win some stuff, and you can buy some cool dice. Uh, other than that, uh, a couple cool a couple of our friends uh, are starting to get on Zine Quest this month. If you are familiar with TTRPGs over on Kickstarter, they do Zine Quest. It's February right now. Our buddy Pete uh, from Garblack Games. Uh, he's got heroic deeds up there. Uh, we're going to be running it for a couple weeks on Tuesday, so you can see what that game looks like. But if you're curious right now, go check out his Kickstarter page. Again, link is in the chat. Uh, and then our buddy, uh, our buddy Chuck from Defenders of Cobalt in a couple weeks is going to be running his Teenage Odyssey campaign uh, up on Kickstarter. That's going to be on the 14th. So we're just going to keep plugging that stuff until you're sick and tired of hearing it, until you go look at that stuff, remind Hit, click the remind button, click the back button, whatever it is. Click a click a button. Just click a button, and I'm sure everything will be fine. Okay? I think that's it. Do I have anything else? Are we talking about anything else, Stephen? Uh, no, we're good till I don't after. think anyone else is making a game worth mentioning, right? Not really. <laughs> no play Later. tests being run. End of the session. End of the session. <laughs> okay. we're, we're teasing. We're teasing. Okay. And what are we teasing about? We're, we're professionals. We tease things, and then we bring it up at the end. I don't know. You're the big I'm a professional. Wow. I've never been called I, that before. <laughs> One of the big differences I've learned between Steven and I is that we will both troll people and be very mean, smart ass about it. Except the difference between us is that I will feel bad about it for the next four or five days. And Steven will forget that he was being mean to anybody and will just continue to be mean to people. That's the difference. You have to have a conscience to feel bad, you know, like and it, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steven spent the last three days gaslighting boars. So (laughs) terrible. Steven's so jealous that uh, that Joe, our friend Joe, is best friends uh, with boars that he has. uh, Steven has gaslit our our bot on Discord to 
make so it seem Joe like is just always guy. young and beautiful and youthful, and I just it makes so me want to kill him and take his place as Boar's best friend. <laughs> wow. Well, that's now on record. And if something bad ever happens to Joe, and let's hope not, because I like the guy, uh, then uh, we have evidence against you. It's great. Okay. <laughs> and now, why don't you introduce your character? And now oh. it's place of Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick little intros. Uh, Steven, tell us, who are you playing? I am playing Pastor Zephaniah Wood. Uh, I am currently a traveling evangelist, but I've got some experience in detecting. I was a Texas Ranger for a good chunk of my younger years. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Melissa, can you tell us who you are playing? Yes, I am playing. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're paying attention. Oh my God, she's going to get so mad at me. So like, yeah. I am playing Marie, a.k.a. Sissy May, a.k.a. May. Uh, she is a jazz singer by profession. Uh, she is uh, having loads of fun here um, in this little uh, trip out to um, Los Angeles. Um, and she was hoping to get more of that fresh citrus last time and was very sad that the uh, citrus truck had left the uh, side street by the graveyard by the time we left and there was no more citrus so you know mission number one today fresh citrus wow uh, i'm not gonna lie i didn't <laughs> listen to most of that and i was like is she getting confused <laughs> in talking about our werewolf game which is set in an orange grove so i was like what are you talking about and then i remembered uh <laughs> next up my try tell us about shima uh, Shima is your uh, student researcher, a, a LARPA studies major from uh, Mr. Donahue, who is on a full ride wrestling scholarship. And just really excited to be here, and uh, she had just this weird dream and needed to get out of her head, and she wanted Doctor Keita not worry, but I think I may have made her worry in trying to make her not worry. Could be. Could be. It could be. We'll see. We'll we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna see we're gonna see what Shima was doing pretty quickly. Uh so uh I don't know probably getting high on all the drugs in LA that we've been learning about. <laughs> <laughs> you having some of that nectar, Shima? Just <laughs> you gotta avoid that shit. <laughs> Uh, Ashley, go ahead and tell us about your character and take approximately 26 seconds to do well, so. Well, hello. My name is Beverly Key. I am not going to. She's our <laughs> great. professor of anthropology. Um, and yeah, she's got a specialty in, or like a, I guess not a specialty, but she dabbles in uh, cryptography. So one of the things that she's kind of been working on in between all this other stuff is decoding this book that we found um, that uh, has secret notes regarding, um, oh God, what's their name? Help. Uh, Echevarra and Buckwald, uh, otherwise referenced in the book as Black and Town Car. That's right. That's right. That was a thing. I didn't. I don't have a timer, so I don't know if that was twenty <laughs> seconds. Good. I'm done. You're good. Thank you. That was excellent. Excellent job. Excellent job. I don't know what that you was. Asked at the me to like hold now have to do that. So I got yeah. weird. That's good. You know, 
we went full on transatlantic. That was absolutely love it. love it. You guys <laughs> should just have me mic'd up as I'm getting ready for stream. Cause it gets real weird. <laughs> gonna, but, then, but then I'll start talking in a Southern accent and you'll just absorb it. Cause that's oh, I will. True. And that's, I just mimic Jeff 90% infectious. of the time. That is an okay. infectious accent. It, is. it really is. It's very, it's very infectious. I, I agree. It's very, no, should I get started right now. <laughs> no, uh, no, I reckon you should. Well, I think that's oh, a good no. idea. That's three uh, to one. If only I could do like the deep, scary voice, like then I'd surprise you guys real bad if I did that one day. You should do it. Just give it a try. Just I'm keep it. Not on stream. We'll try. I'll try that later. <laughs> Just do your oddness voice. Sometimes when what? I'm doing NPCs that I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good one. Sometimes when I don't know, uh, like like when you guys talk to an NPC and I'm like, I have to come up with a voice, I don't know what's about to come out of my mouth. So I just open my mouth Amazing. and I just like contort it some way and be like, we'll see what happens. And then suddenly I it's like. I would love to believe yeah. that's what happened with Boris. Like in my, like that is what happened. Boris, I had a plan. I, it's, oh. I have to be fair. I did have a plan. I was just like, I wanted, because like, yeah, because I wanted it to be. <laughs> A little bit of a shock, so I was gonna I go back and watch that clip. I still have around so long, yes. but I probably should have realized that. <laughs> Stephen totally caught that saying? with the clip. It was so <laughs> it was great. So funny. That was so great. <laughs> you see, imagine <laughs> if you guys run into a character who has that voice, like Ralph Hanuva, young friends. How's it going, I'm Elmo? The, <laughs> I'm not in the box with you. Oh God, it's the worst. Uh, made it to Sesame Street. It's it's a little it's a little Elmo, yeah. And then uh, finally, uh, we have one more investigator to introduce ourselves to, or introduce to us. Uh, Long, tell us about Patrick. Patrick Pasia, the best barber on the East Coast. That's all you need to know. Okay, I like it. That's fantastic. <laughs> We're on the West Coast now, uh, but. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. He's okay. out of his Fantastic. element. He's the best barber on the East Coast and he's trying to figure out what he is on the West Coast. When I needed when I needed the extra sex and I was like, hmm, I should ask, should I ask Ashley or should I ask Long to fill for me while I do this? Hmm. <laughs> 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 oh goodness. All right. Why don't we go ahead and get ourselves started? Uh, let's do a little summary. Uh, so last time around. You all woke up in the morning, Bev, Marie, in your shared suite in your hotel with Shima. You found that she'd already departed, but she did leave a note on the nightstand saying not to worry that she had something that she had to take care of. And so you all proceeded with your investigation. Uh, Pastor Wood, Marie, you took one of the cars that you all had uh, rented and you started traveling up north. Uh, you stopped first at the Forest Lawn Cemetery that was mentioned in Echeverria's uh, obituary and eventually to the farmland that he owned in the in the early 1920s at the cemetery. Uh, you learn that his plot, Echeverria's plot, had been paid for, paid for by someone by the name of Samson Trammell. And then you had a weird encounter with a vagrant nearby that brought out the very judgmental side of Pastor Wood, surprisingly, uh, with the two of them nearly coming to blows. Uh, later at the farmland, Marie That's and Wood, you both, it's, it was a little surprising, aren't you? The, <laughs> this most I'm violent pastor. Most, Texas most pastor. Uh, I, I see. What? Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's what you face. I didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Later at the farmland, Marie and Wood, you basically confirmed that the site was the was the site of the massacre by 
Edgar Job and Douglas uh, Douglas Henslow described that back at Joy Grove. Uh, you found rubble of two burned out buildings, uh, likely a farmhouse and a barn. And there was a feral cat that had made its home uh, within some of the rubble that attacked you all. Um, you found a ruined beam from the barn and several flat stones in the area that bore glyphs and runes that kind of had this weird duality to them, but certainly lend credence to the notion that something something occult had happened here uh, was not really much else beyond that. Meanwhile, uh, Bev and Patrick, you managed to find Abraham Buchwald. Uh, he was in the L.A. Public Records. He's an accountant. He's still act, he was active currently in, in, in L.A. You paid him a visit and you convinced him, uh, his secretary, to, to, to let you meet with him. And he was he was kind enough at first, but his demeanor grew kind of nervous and cagey and such as you started asking him questions about Echeverria uh, and the various events from 1924. He, he described uh, the man as a, as a kind of a cult leader and once again said that they worship something called Golgoroth. That's a name you've heard before. You also They also participated, according to Bookwald, in uh, depraved sex and drug parties. And they also brought in some famous folks like Richard Spend. Uh, and uh, he's, he, he, the accountant himself, Abraham Bookwald, denied taking part of these. All he did was work the books. That's basically all he did. Um, he admitted that Echeverria got a lot of his money from peddling a drug that he referred to as nectar uh, and that he'd entertained the idea at some point of potentially allying with local crime families in Los Angeles. Eventually, he stressed that he is now a respected family member and he did not see any profit in dredging up the past. So you two left and you joined your fellow investigators at the plot, the farm plot in the north. Uh, and that's when you guys realized that you were being watched uh, all around you, there were generational farmlands, but there were also plots that were being newly developed, including one that was bordering on Echeverria's old land. And that's where you spoke with a pair of workers uh, who kind of were just watching you the whole time. Pastor Wood tried to lie, got immediately called out for his bullshit. Uh, and uh, still, the foreman remained fairly cordial and explained that the company uh, had delayed developing Echeverria's land because there was all sorts of like wild animal attacks that had delayed things and caused some trouble. And then later, as you were leaving, trying to head back to L.A., uh, you noticed you're being followed by one of those workers. And when confronted uh, in a very peculiar way with a three point turn and a gun, uh, the worker noted that a man had paid him and others to uh, to look for anyone poking around that plot of land, handed over a card that Jack Pisner Private Investigation Services. Uh, and that is what happened last time around. And now let's get started. So. We're going to pick up um, after you all had had your issues on the road outside the farm. Uh, it was kind of mid to late afternoon. You, le you eventually left. You got the things that you needed. Um, you chased him off into the farmland. He ran away, took your cars, drove away. And we're going to pick up evening time. Uh, you all, uh, so Marie and Patrick and Beverly uh, and Pastor Wood, you all are walking into the lobby of your hotel, uh, again, which is uh, Venice near the water. And you can see that there is an ample amount of social activity. Uh, there's a restaurant near the lobby. There's people coming and going, some dressed up very nicely as if they're kind of going out in the town. Uh, others just coming back from day trips to the beach and whatnot. And that's when we'll say, Pastor Wood, you have a fairly high, uh, well, whoever's got a high listen, one of you will say, Pastor Wood, you hear the excitable voice of Shima, uh, who you haven't seen all day. And then 
after Pastor Wood. I think it trickles to everybody else. Coming from the hotel itself and uh, from the hotel restaurant, when you look over Pastor, you can see that she is apparently at a table in the restaurant with a fairly dashing looking man. Uh, salt and pepperish kind of hair, darker hair with little bits of uh, little bits of, of gray, probably in his 50s or so. And the two of them uh, are in conversation, though, when I say the two of them, it looks like Shima is in conversation and he is in listen mode. And uh, so that is what you guys see when you come in. What do you guys <laughs> want to do? <clears throat> Miss Oberon. Did not know you had a social event. Oh, and and she excitedly waves them all over, and and we'll get up and we'll be. Can I have your chair? May I have your chair? Right <laughs> uh, is politely taking before they even they even say okay. You just start taking them and moving them over. <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. I am. Moving uh, four more chairs. Uh, so now there are six of us at this two-person table. <laughs> and uh, and uh, who is your friend here? This. And, and it is very clear that she is incredibly starstruck. <laughs> uh, this is Ed the Viper. Excellent. And she looks at uh, the the man and says, "This is Patrick Price. He's a barber, but don't you think he should be in the movies? Uh, this is Sissy May Win, and she is a famous singer who is beautiful and glamorous. And uh, and then she kind of clears her throat, looks a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and this is Pastor Wood, who used to be text stranger. Remember, I told you about wrangle up some love, just like that. And now." I'm learning so much about Satan from him. And this, and she gets this big smile and stands behind uh, Dr. Key and pushes her forward. This is Dr. Key, who got me that extension on the paper that I was telling you about. And so uh, he, this whole entire time, has been trying to, like, introduce himself and shake hands. But, like, Shima's just been going and going. So every time she goes and introduces somebody, his head lifts as he's about to talk. But then Shima just mows through it. And finally, on Dr. Key, he, it almost looks like he was, he's not going to speak because he feels like it's, it's probably not going to happen. But he's like, oh, well, uh, you're Dr. Key. Oh, uh, well, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is... Uh, it's Edward Exley. Call me Ed. That's certainly just fine. Uh, Shima here is a very energetic young lady, as uh, I think you all are probably no doubt familiar. But uh, she has yes. not stopped talking about you, Dr. Key, ever since we sat down. I'll tell you that. Uh, but it's an absolute at, pleasure. At that, at the mention of her just constantly talking about her, like, usually she's a very stoic woman. And she kind of just blushes and gives, like, Maria, like, of what it look? Well, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Shima has informed me uh, a lot about your accolades as well. He's oh, a four-time middleweight gold belt champion and aspiring <laughs> Olympian, and I have seen him three times. Well, th it's three now. I didn't realize it was three. I, well, I apologize. I don't remember the other two. I certainly remember the first time. Shadonia broke my hand the first time we met. Uh, never had someone so excited to see old Viper. I got to, got to tell you that. But uh, what was that now? Was that the Bouts of Valor, Arkham, 1934? I think it was, if, I, if I'm correct. Right near Infinity. 
And, yeah, and it's she a is square indeed was squeezing. <laughs> oh well. I had a I had a good show that night, I tell you that, but the morning after, whoo, that was uh, a far more difficult task to overcome. <laughs> There's some some good whiskey in Arkham, I can tell you that. Anyhow, uh join us Mr. if you haven't already. Yeah. Yes, Jackson, oh, I'm, Ed. Ed's I'm, just fine. Ed's just fine. Oh, well, yes. Uh, and I, I must ask, a, a nickname like the Viper, how does one get a nickname such as that? Oh, well, uh, in my uh, former profession, uh, we all have a stage name sorts. Uh, we, uh, and for me, particularly, it was because I had this, uh, well, it's best to show you. Uh, Pastor Wood, could I bother you for a second? I suppose so. Okay, now up. if you if you wouldn't be so kind, it's just all you have to do is stand right there and act all menacing. Can you do that, sir? Certainly. Excellent, excellent. Now, now, Miss uh, Miss Wynn, uh, So what we did uh, is, um, uh, well, it's a bit of theater. We uh, wrestling, entertainment, that sort of combination of things, and so we would also have all these little storylines going on in here and there. So let's say that Mister Wood here was. Uh, was some sort of terrible creep. He was kind of coming down and wandering throughout the ring, and he was looking to take me now. Well, I would just kind of coil up just down like this, and he starts, like, squatting really low. And then I would just lunge out at him, just snap down, just like a viper. And so he does that. He just lunges oh, out at dear. you, Pastor Wood, kind of grabs you, but just like that. There we go. Now, normally... Can I try to counter? Uh, sure, go right ahead. <laughs> you should ask to see his legs because they're muscle they're like he's called a viper because he jumps like that that's a hard success you actually succeed i, I passed you <laughs> but i didn't get a hard success uh, okay, so he leaps out at you, and he's kind of explaining the whole thing, and you just like move him around and like, "Oh well, <laughs> look at that! We're just uh, we're just demonstrating a, a bit of fun there for the ladies, them faster." Oh boy, I tell you, your age belies your strength. That's for sure. Oh, Sorry, goodness. Uh, you took me by surprise. Well, that's kind of surprising considering how I told you exactly what was about to happen, but that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I understand instincts of a warrior. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyhow, uh, he was a Texas Ranger. Oh, you shouldn't you sneak up on someone who used to work in law enforcement. Oh, that's that's well, that's fabulous. I I grew up in Dallas myself. Never never a Ranger, but I did spend a significant amount of my youth in the great state of Texas. I've traveled obviously since then, and I settled down here in the West. Retired I prefer to think of my... myself more as a lawman than a warrior. I practice the law of. Our great nation, and now I practice the law of the Old Testament. Well, aren't you just a entertaining old soul? <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> he kind of turns back to everyone <laughs> at this point, dusted himself off. He's like, Anyhow, well, Shaman and I, we ran into each other over at the Westwood Society. Well, he kind of looks down at a dark kid's athletics club that uh, many of us. Uh, Gentlemen, going a little bit further on in our years, have to attend to to keep ourselves uh, fit and fabulous for the young locals that are starting to gather around this city. Uh, but uh, my eyes, I thought, were deceiving me when I saw this young woman who very nearly broke my hand, as I said. Uh, there she was, just wandering in that day. But we got to talking, and here we are. Here we are. The day just got away from us. Just got away from us. 
So, uh, such an eclectic group. She's told me so many things about you, but not exactly what y'all doing out here in the great city of Los Angeles. Well, not you that see, you have to tell me either. A, but. Well, I I wasn't sure what uh, you and uh, Miss Oberon had conversed about uh, earlier in the day, um, but we actually our path here is crossed a little bit actually with uh, UCLA. You don't say. Well, what a wonderful bit of fate. I, I myself am an employee of, uh, of UCLA. I, unfortunately, I, I hurt myself in the, in the ring and the tour tends to, tends to fold and they started moving towards more uh, younger, younger uh, entertainers and wrestlers. And uh, honestly, I just I just didn't really want to do the whole circuit anymore. So, uh, well, I went into uh, to wrestling proper. So I've been I've been working as one of the athletics coaches here at the, at the, at the University of, uh, of California, Los Angeles. Yes, sir. Coach Exley is the coach of the winning UCLA wrestling team. And again, has like starts wrestling. My coach has been reaching out to Coach Exley for years now to get tips and tricks and or months at least. But either way, Coach Exley. It would be it would be wrong of me to deny a lifetime of expertise. Uh, folks handed that kind of information down to me, and it'd be wrong of me not to hand it down to others. And so I'm just here as an educator, as an, as a coach, and as a, an advisor to, to younger athletes who are looking to come on, come on up and make a career out of it. Whether it's uh, going into competitions or doing the entertainment track. Now the film industry out here, they're getting more and more interested in all sorts of folks with sort of athletic backgrounds. Uh, I think they call them stunt workers, is what they're sort of thinking on about. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, indeed. So you're interested in UCLA? Well, uh, for what reason? Uh, uh, one of you attending? No, no, no. We 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 actually uh, are. Came across the the name of uh, someone who had been a, a professor, uh, might not be a current professor, but had been a former professor, I believe, uh, Mr. George Ayers. Does that name ring a bell? And she kind of drops her voice a little bit when she kind of mentions the name. George Ayers. Hmm. I am sorry to say that uh, doesn't immediately ring a bell. Do you know what department he might have worked at? I've only been UCLA near two years myself. Um, I believe he was anthropology, which is my division. Would you oh, is it now? be willing to take me on a tour of the campus? He leans forward. If I would it is more possible, Shiva Swan gets even wider. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, madam, I would be more than happy to take you on a tour. We have a it's a fabulous and beautiful place indeed. Palm trees as far as the eye can see and sunshine. Be more than happy to. Anthropology. Well, that's just fascinating now. That's absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, my, my ass, what exactly is it that uh, an anthropologist like yourself does? Uh, and, and she kind of goes uh, into like what her latest study has been at Arkham. Um, My goodness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that I could reach out to him and perhaps get some additional information for uh, my latest paper I've been working on. Well, I can't say that I am familiar with anyone within the uh, anthropology department. I'm not entirely sure that we even have an anthropology department, but we do have a 
have a history department. I have a, a handful of uh, contacts, friends, you might say, uh, within that department who might be able to, to sort of lead you in the directions you might need to go. The name itself escapes me, I'm sorry to say. Uh, they do keep us relatively uh, isolated. Kind of a silo effect is what we call it, apparently, in academia. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, uh, but uh, this dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. Hamish McDunn, a uh, wonderful man, uh, well, very odd man, uh, yeah, ex eccentric, you might say, but he uh, he actually runs that history department. I can make an introduction if that is something you would uh, you would be interested in doing. That would be lovely. Oh, well, I would be more than happy to do so. More than happy to any friend of Shamus is a friend of mine. Shamagar's a little red <laughs> I, I, yeah. I must admit, I uh, was never quite the scholastic type, which is how I ended up um, as a singer, but a, a tour of a college campus um, might be the one and only time I might be able to uh, set foot in such a place. My uh, abilities do not uh, rise to the level of uh, higher education. Well, I imagine that uh, the study of music is... Uh, I'm certain there is an academic field uh, within that as well. I, I, I would imagine if they are allowing athletics on a college campus, they would more than certainly allow such, well, such endeavors as music and art. This is the city for it, after all. Yes, uh, Miss Wynn, I mean, if you wanted to look around the Miskatonic campus, I could show you. I mean, if you wanted to see it, I could probably show you the Miskatonic you know, if, if you wanted, it's well, it's boring. I mean, we don't. You'd probably do a better job. Visitors, aren't they cute? <laughs> it's such a such a generous offer, and I I, I do believe that college campuses can uh, the the design and the architecture can just give you a little bit of taste as to kind of each city, because certainly no two campuses are alike, and it tells you a little bit about the sensibilities of a place. So that is well said. That's very well said, man. Very, very well said, madam. Well, I believe I have taken up uh, enough of Young Shimer's time. I'm sure you all want to get back to whatever business it is that brought you out here, and I will take my leave. Uh, if you would like to call upon me tomorrow, come by the uh, campus. I shall. Doctor Key, perhaps you can walk Coach Exley to the door. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That would be my pleasure, and she'll stay. <laughs> and so, uh, he, 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 well, that's very kind of you, very kind. Of, well, it was a pleasure to meet every one of you, uh, Pastor Wood. <laughs> Next time, rematch. <laughs> uh, Miss Wynn, uh, uh, Shama, of course, it has been an absolute pleasure again. And Mr. Price, uh, well, we barely had a chance to talk. Next time, we should have to have a, you should have to engage me in conversation. I'm curious about, well, the hairstylings of, uh, of the young and fashionable out in the East Coast. Oh, we should. Your hair was impeccable. I could stare at it the entire time. I could get a word out. That's so very kind of you. I, I do tend to do tend to take good care of it. They have excellent. They have excellent hairdressers out here. Indeed, they do. So he gets up. He walks out with Beverly Shima. Uh, you see from a distance, like he's talking the whole time here and there, and he's kind of laughing and this never. And, and so eventually, he departs. Bev gives him her contact info. You can call me Bev, and oh, leaves. You can call me Ed, uh, and just. 
tomorrow, anytime. Just stop by. I'll be over in the athletics building. And uh, if you come on over, I can I can make that introduction for you. Or I can just, uh, you can just go over to the history department, speak to Mr. McDonough, or you can talk to the department secretary, uh, Samantha Burnish. She is, uh, well, she is a interesting uh, woman uh, of, um, if you mention my name, I'm sure that will ease, uh, ease entry. Excellent. Thank you. Fantastic. I'm sure Fantastic. we'll be seeing you tomorrow regardless. Well, I look forward to it. Have a wonderful evening. You as well. And then, like, someone from the hotel kind of flags down a cab for him and he he departs. Um, all right. Back to you guys. It's nighttime. Los Angeles. Anything you guys are up to? I'm so sorry I left with just a note. I had a very bad dream and uh, you know coach is just always on me about eating certain foods and going to bed at a certain time and and working out and I just haven't been doing any of that and I'm I'm worried about a paper and I just I just need to clear my head you know so I went for a run and and then I went to this gym that uh would have it didn't really allow me to go in, but uh, Coach actually was there and vouched for me and got me in and even showed me a few new moves and some exercising I can do on the road. And very excitedly relays the details of her day, which was spent mostly with <laughs> with edX like. Well, I'm glad you weren't alone and that you had someone with you. Uh, not to mother on you too much, but please wake me next time. Um, I will. I'm, I'm, I was trying not to worry you. That did the opposite, but I appreciate the sentiment. Also, and she turns and she looks for Marie to shine. You're trying to hook me up <laughs> He told you he was very good looking and you know for someone your age and how he, old do you think I am Shima like 40 I, I don't know is it is well but 35 <laughs> this is I'm sorry hilarious to me because I'm pretty sure Mindsway is actually older than Ashley by like seven or eight years. Yeah. Like in real life, I'm like 90% sure. <laughs> and <laughs> Marie sort of pivots when sort of this conversation is going, and she says, Mr. Price and Pastor Wood, uh, was Mr. Exley not just a delight to share a conversation with? I don't trust oh, that man. And he pulls out a notebook. He gave me a second autograph. And it says, don't stop swinging. And the Viper X like. <laughs> well, he, that gentleman certainly does know how to keep his fans happy. Just delightful fans of his wrestling. And the kind of gestures over to, to Patrick. Fans of his finely coiffed hair. Close your books. You should all see his legs. <laughs> I'm that's a little I, I must, risque, Miss Shima. Just, no, no, because because that's why he has his name, because 
because of the jumping. And and yeah, Beverly I, winks at you because she's clearly teasing you. Um, does not understand. <laughs> all right. Well, I love this, but I have uh, a book to translate. Uh, decrypt. I'm heading to my room. And Beverly stops at the bar. She gets herself two martinis that she's double fisting, and she walks right up to the room. Okay. Um, so I'll say, Bev, if you if you invest the rest of the night uh, before you go to bed and trying to decrypt this um, this accounting book, you'll be able to. So previously, you. I mean, you, you remember looking at it and it, it definitely looked like someone was, was keeping track of transactions. You, you've you known from talking to, to Buchwald that he was likely the one doing that. You mm-hmm. also had a small advertisement slip that was written in the hand of Douglas Henslow that had like, and it said two things. One, it said, uh, uh, it said town car, I think it was town car equals Buchwald and like, uh, I think it was. Black equals Echevarria. Yeah, Echevarria. Uh, so. Oops. Yeah, as you that's how I've been pronouncing it. I think that's right or as close as I'm going to get to it. Uh, so as you start looking into it some more and again, this is all over the course of several hours. Uh, you notice that it is most certainly uh, a record of inventories and sales uh, through a network of what appear to be anonymous retailers that uh, are identified by code name. Uh, and so the the town car, uh, black, all that was was for sure uh, coded. But there's also other ones like Slick and Moses and Umbrella. And like there's real, you don't have a key to go on to potentially translate that. So it's all anonymous in that way. Uh, however, you you do, you are able because of the time that you spent with Bookball to actually kind of make an interesting sort of discovery is the product that appears to be being tracked is identified by the letter N and only the letter, and it's never given a name or anything like that. And you can see that it's tracked in very small volumes of liquid ounces. And it appears to sort of cover the time between about August 22nd, or excuse me, August of 1922, uh, through about July of 1924, which is just before August, where everything went to, to hell uh, in the barn and then in the Northland. Um, you looking at it, which is kind of, alarming in some ways is that a unit of unit volume of n uh, appears to fetch about three dollars of retail price which is roughly the equivalent to the cost of a car tire or a pair of prescription glasses in the 1930s so it's extremely expensive uh, and it's and you can tell from you can tell with great certainty like Bookwald is definitely the one who did this and because you when you you remember back to his conversation that he referenced nectar as the product and you're seeing n and it seems pretty clear that this was tracking nectar trades and that is like the drug whatever that might be that they were selling and distributing okay interesting okay so uh that was what bev was doing for the night was anybody else we don't have to necessarily do anything uh but is any i want to give everyone the opportunity was there anything more that you wanted to do in the night before uh, before starting again in the morning. Just having a drink in the lobby, filling in Shima, what we found there. Amazing. Thank you. Just for uh, flavor, Shima's just going to 
because the dream clearly means that she just needs to grab life and have more verve uh, about living and uh so, so she's going to ask uh finally summon the courage to ask Marie for an autograph and will give you the same page as like edX's and uh will ask Marie for an autograph Oh my word. Well, I mean, I, I I must say that I am certainly no uh national championship winning coach as uh your Mr. Exley is and I can certainly see that it was a delight to spend the day uh conversing with him. Uh you seem quite taken with him and he seems like quite a delightful individual. And I can see why and she looks around and you know, Dr. Key went up to her room. I can see why you are attempting some matchmaking. It's very fun. Was it very obvious? I I don't think he caught on necessarily. Uh, it was just a walk out to the door. I'm sure Dr. Key knew exactly what you were doing. But, well, all um, of you are so very good at talking to people. And I'm trying to be good like all of you are talking Ms. to Ms. Oberon, you spent the day chatting with someone who was clearly your idol and you could have been absolutely gobsmacked and tongue-tied and just said, ah, ah, hi, and ran the other way. But you spent the entire day talking to him and that's just wonderful. And uh, at that, she turns a little red and uh, um, thank you, Ms. Finn. That, that's very nice of you to say. And we'll push and, the book at her. <laughs> and and she'll kind of go into sort of like a corner um, and she'll just, she'll write something that I can't come up with quickly off the top of my head, but it's uh, going to be funny. like a play off of like the name of a song or something. So I love you know, it. there'll be a cleverness to it. And then, um, you know, love Marie. Miss Wynn, okay. I didn't realize that you were considered famous. Well, I, I it was yes. just these things all depend on location. I certainly could go on, and she definitely she dropped out of higher education, so she has a little bit of uh, kind of negative taste in her mouth about sort of the like rigors of academia and that kind of a thing. Um, so I'm sure if I were to walk onto a college campus, absolutely no one would know who I am, but. Within certain circles in Chicago and other places that I visited, I suppose. He was top billing for most of the black and hands that I went to back in Arkham. Uh, you know, that brings up another question I was uh, meaning to ask Miss Wynn. Uh, yes, I'm not too friend. fond of jazz. Do you know any trail songs? Do I know any trail songs um would you like to fill me in a little bit as to what is considered a trail song says melissa <laughs> sure i'll i'll start singing a trail song uh just it, it's uh the folk origins of country music uh that cowboys would sing as they're traveling so was the kitchen would die now like that five <laughs> That sounds like a genre that is not necessarily the after hours in a black and tan in Chicago type billing, but you know what? I 
absolutely adore learning about all different types of music. So I would love to give you the stage and learn from you, Pastor. Well, no, I, I, I'm not any good at singing. It's not my profession like yours. I was just curious if, you know, maybe you could expand your repertoire and, you know, throw in a hymn or a trail song here and there. Well, absolutely. Now, now hymns, I mean, I, I did, uh, did, you know, grow up in the church choir and, and, and all of that before, uh, you know, setting my wings off to jazz. So I could, that's, that's no problem. I can certainly uh, join you there, but you have given me something to study. And I must say, the thing that drives me most is curiosity about the world and all its facets. So thank you, Pastor Wood. I am most delighted in the opportunity to add a trail song or two. And who knows, perhaps that, that wedding back down south might be an opportunity for me to throw in something new. I'm sure they would appreciate it. You know, jazz isn't as popular down south. Oh, perhaps. Perhaps perhaps you speak truth. As you guys are talking, uh, Pastor, would you periodically, uh, maybe absentmindedly, you just find yourself like rubbing your wrist a bit? And then... At one point, Marie, when you see him do that, he pulls his right arm off of his left wrist, and you notice that there is a large bump, large red bump, maybe the size of like a, a dime or a little less than that. Uh, it's like a terrible, like infected, like insect bite, like mosquito bite of some kind. You take a look down at it; it's bright red, almost purple, uh, and it's and you realize, Pastor, you've been kind of fiddling with it for a little while. Uh, during the conversation it was just happening and you kind of look down now and it's just looked like this big pussy mass pastor are you all right yeah it's i'm not sure what that is i must have been bitten by something in that field it i'm sure it's not a problem is it itchy? did the cat get itchy. you too well, the cat bit me in the ankle. I don't believe this is from the cat. It looks more like an insect bite. I confess, I, I don't spend much time in California to know what this bite, maybe a spider bite. Uh, I, I'm guessing. That seems like something that you should certainly get attended to. My goodness, you would not want an infection to take hold and be limited in your mobility. Uh, I'm sure Travis it'll be fine. If we don't get it in the wash, we'll get it in the rinse. Uh, pulling out the ice from her water glass and putting it in like a napkin and handing it over to password like might help with the information at least uh, thank you and I'll just like out of politeness put it there for like a few seconds and then set the <laughs> ice down and I would say that Marie sort of instinctually seeing that will sort of reach to her neck where she got the cat bite and she'll just sort of like pat at it and just make sure that she's not like oozing pus. It hurts. It actually hurts. You're not oozing pus or anything, uh, but when you do actually rub your hand against it, it does feel like you're pushing down on a very sensitive bruise. Oh, speaking of that cat though, that really did do a number on my neck. I, I don't... I, I love cats, but the ones like that that have been out in goodness knows where just really shouldn't pierce skin. 
that will be concerning. Well, we've all had a rough day out in the farm. Let's go get cleaned up. And we'll say that's exactly what you guys do. You guys return to your various rooms, get cleaned up, get some rest. Uh, and uh, Beverly, by the time Shima and Mary come, you, you are maybe a little, you're asleep with your face directly in the accounting of two empty martini bottles, or excuse me, two empty martini glasses right next to you. Oh my. And we'll Ooh, say, bottles. yeah, bottles, bottles of martini. Like they have that back then. Uh, and so <laughs> morning comes eventually you all uh, wake. Um, Pastor, two things you notice when you wake up. First, you have somehow acquired a limp. And you look down at your ankle where the cat bit you, and you can see that your ankle has swollen up a bit and it's a bit discolored. It's actually kind of painful to step on. And the inflammation in your wrist, uh, while Shime is not wrong, the coolness of the of the ice certainly helped initially. It it does, overnight it's kind of gotten kind of gross and discolored, and it's still kind of bothering you. Um, Marie, sort of same deal as you're washing up in the morning or if you're getting makeup or something ready, when you touch your hand against your neck, again, you can feel as though the bruise is still uh, quite uh, quite present. There's no real mark that you can see, Marie. There's like a little bit of a cut here and there. It feels worse than it looks in your case. And she'll kind of call out because she's sharing a room with uh, Dr. Key and uh, Miss Oberon. And, and she'll kind of call out, uh, you know, it, it it might not be bad to uh, perhaps see if the hotel has a doctor on call. Um, I, I, know, I hate to be that person, but, you know, I just, we'll have to see how pa Pastor Wood is doing this morning. But, you know, I for one wouldn't mind a little official medical attention just to make sure that this isn't getting infected or something. And that's when Beverly like pops her head out. What are you talking about? Because she was kind of really like more paying attention to her notes and stuff while you guys were off doing things. So she never saw either of your injuries. And so she'll tell you, she'll like pull out a chair from like her armoire or whatever. Come sit down. Let me look at it. Yes. You see there, there was a, a, a cat that was in the barn uh, and it, uh, Gave quite a fright to myself and, and Pastor Was it Wood. foaming it just... at the mouth? Uh, oh, Dr. King, I'm be... sure that's important information for you, but I have to say, I, I just, it was all a blur. It was just, it was up and then it was down and it was on my neck and then it, it bit uh, the pastor in the ankle. And I'm sorry, I don't remember that detail. Okay. Uh, if you want to roll a medicine, you can go ahead. Okay, medicine. Yeah, it would, be, it would be medicine because you're not trying to heal it. You're just trying to sort of assess it or treat it or understand it. Uh, two. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's an extreme success, I would imagine. Uh, so first you can tell that it it doesn't look like it doesn't look that bad, to be honest. It looks like it's the type of thing that will heal up pretty quickly. Uh, it is a little curious that when you look at it, it looks like it's already starting to heal, but it's still as tender as Maria is describing it. That is a little odd. Uh, but in terms of like the scar that it's leaving from when it, where it was bit, she mentions it was a cat. I mean, this doesn't look like a cat bite. Uh, I know you're not, I mean, I'm not sure how familiar Beverly is with cats, but at the very least, 
you can mm-hmm. tell that the various like teeth and fangs it looks crooked the the teeth themselves look malshapen or crooked like if if you if if she wouldn't have told you it was a cat you would I never would. have said a cat in this situation uh and so definitely if it was then something was quite wrong with that cat's mouth like it was ingrown teeth misgrown malshapen that sort of thing broken jaw something along mm-hmm. those lines um but there's nothing that you can glean to suggest it's going to cause problems other than if she can just sit through the pain, if she can just get over the pain, it'll probably be fine. And and she'll tell you that. Uh, you know, I'll keep an eye on you just in case for symptoms of rabies, but I think you're fine. But it quite hurts. It is quite very painful. <laughs> She's sort of a little whiny at this. Like, this is just, are you sure? Are you, sh- it just, Good. I'm gracious. The discomfort positive. is quite extreme. Okay, I and she'll kind of grab a you know high necked shirt sure. um, that she'll kind of put on. I I am I'm very worried about Pastor Wood though. Um, if if I am in this much pain, I'm, I'm sure he he must be as well. So in the and he's so having we'll say... sort of the exact opposite response where he's pulled out his knife and he's picking at this uh, bug bite, <laughs> uh, trying to lance it. Uh, if you do, it very much pops, and you see this just sort of discolored, milky liquid, sla- like with great viscosity, just pour out. It the smell is abhorrent to the point where you have to kind of cover your mouth. That's how bad it is, and it's not like there's a, a a ton of it coming out. Like I said, it's the size of a like less than a dime, but it pours out to the to the point where Patrick, if you're in the same area as the two of you, I think might be sharing or, or a, a suite or something like that. You can smell it as well. It's just this foul odor, uh, as he's wiping the knife off on like a handkerchief. Um, it eliminates some of the pain, but the stench is pretty terrible and it still is itchy. I wash it out as best I can in the sink. Uh, assuming we have one in the room. Uh, and I'm also a horrible roommate. Uh, I'm going to, just grab the nearest thing I see, which is probably one of Patrick's socks, uh, completely unintentionally, and I'll use that to wrap my wrist. Oh, it's absolutely foul, Pastor. You can keep that. I'll meet you outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Was this yours? I thought it was one of mine. Wow. All right. So we'll say then, eventually, as everyone's uh, ready, you get downstairs, have breakfast, whatever it is that you do in terms of getting ready in the morning. What's the plan for today? What are we thinking? I ask, nervous. Because uh, whenever I ask that question, whoa. Uh, but what's the plan for today? So we do have a couple options. We did say we could call upon, uh, some of us at least could go see the university. Um, If the other half maybe want to go check out that private investigator or something. Yeah, we have a Jack Pisner to look into. The university, we've got that one. And then we also um, probably want to see if we can uh, get some information about uh, Mr. Trammell. Trammell one for academic matters, I believe. The private investigator would be a better lead for me to follow. I I would love to take a tour of campus. I'll follow Father Wood here. Ladies to campus then? I'm so excited to be back on campus. Girls Day on UCLA. Books, 
Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a beach episode, guys. Where... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't think I have music to go with that. Okay. Spring uh, break with right. Hot Wrestler Man. Yeah, it's no, pretty... dream yet, actually. <laughs> Just wait till, wait till he puts his swimming trunks on and you see the calves, Ashley. <laughs> Mike and I talked about hey. this. We talked at great length about the quality of his calves. Uh, okay. You it better okay, be so you as guys... advertised. You guys split up, uh, and one of you heads off to what instead of you heads off to UCLA. The rest of you, so Pastor Wood and pa- Patrick Price. When you say that you are looking into this private investigator, what does that mean? Like, so what is that? What do you guys want to do? You do have a, a card. Uh, His address is right here. I'll drive you. I say we start a fire on one side of the building and we go in the other. <laughs> side. No, <laughs> let's go to the office and just talk to him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so that'll be the quicker one to get to. Uh, as So we'll start with that one. As you guys head in the direction of the address, it's not hard to find. Uh, you probably have to... Uh, Los Angeles is a little na- hard to navigate here and there, but you're able to get to it without a whole lot uh, of difficulty. And you'll get there a lot quicker than the woman will get to uh, UCLA. Uh, let's see. What do I want to do? Let's do... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting music ready. So, when you arrive, uh, you, you're you headed to 625 West 5th Street, Los Angeles. It's near Pershing Square, uh, nearby. And you can tell immediately that it's a... It's not the greatest sort of neighborhood in the world. It's a little... It's not as immaculate as some of the other places you've, you've passed before. Uh, you notice the address, and as you're looking, it's a it's a it's a building of some kind, a a, a business um, kind of commercial building, second story. It looks like uh, it appears to be, as you look at the um, like a kiosk near the the front of the building outside, uh, all the different businesses that are here. It's a bunch of like white collar things. So it's like sales, like insurance and real estate and transcription services, those types of things. Uh, all the offices are opening to the outside. There's no sort of internal uh, internal hallway. So everything uh, everything has sort of an outside look to it. It's basically like any like a lot of these Southern California buildings you've been seeing. And there's like a walk around on the outside as well. Uh, when if you assuming you go straight up, you do notice that there is lettering uh, on the door outside that repeats basically what is on the uh, on the business card, Pisner Private Investigation Services. Uh, that's what you see. Um, which one of you? What's your? What do you? What do you guys have for luck? Twenty. Uh, Ninety nine. Oh God. Uh, well, it's very clearly Patrick then. So Patrick, go ahead and roll a luck test. Master Wood is max. Holy crap, man! Eighty six fail. <laughs> uh, you. Knock on the uh, the door, wait a few moments, and there's no response. He's not in pass. If I knock, do we get to do my luck test? No, it's a lower, <laughs> it's the person with the lower luck. <laughs> I'll give the handle a little twist, see if it opens. Uh, it doesn't open, but you can tell immediately that it suffered some damage. Uh, like you can see, like the 
the door itself is on the frame. There's a little bit of damage. Like at some point, maybe it was kicked in or kicked open or something like that. Or somebody else has maybe tried to to break the break the handle off. Uh, it is. It, it certainly looks like this. Uh, this office has had its fair share of uh, violent enterings. Uh, so with that Company in mind, pasta, and I'll start picking it. Okay, uh, that's a locksmith test. Absolutely, I was ready to kick, so I'm glad you're picking it. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, let's see if this works. Twenty in okay. locksmith. Uh, uh, turn around, fantastic. keep watch. Okay. Also close. Wow. Except not okay. 89. All right. You can push it. So we don't really do pushing a whole lot here in Call of yeah, Cthulhu. But you could push it. Just so a the, risk, the risk is, yeah, it's, it's just a reroll, but there's essentially two risks to it. One is that if you push and fail, something bad will probably happen. Uh, and so in the case of this, more than likely someone's going to catch you. Uh, and the other thing is that I don't think you can use luck on a push, pushed roll. So it's like you very much have yeah. to roll 20 or under. Long's got 20 luck anyway. I'll give it a push. Why not? Or 40 or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ruh row. Push. Come on, big buddy. I can crit fail this time, I think, if that's a thing. Uh, that's Delta Green. That's Delta Green. Okay. Doubles is Delta Green. It's not... That's not a crit fail. A uh, crit fail oh, would be like goodness. 95 I failed I think, for you. Less. You did. You failed less. <laughs> you still fail. Um, as you are jury rigging, or, or sort of messing around with this as best you can, uh, you see uh, a man come from come up the stairs, Pastor Wood, uh, and he kind of looks down. He's quite tall. Uh, he's six foot five, six foot six, big giant guy uh, with a very unfortunate comb over, uh, very tan and not the greatest chef. And he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing over there? Ah, uh, you." Uh, and he's kind of, kind of starts just trumping up. What do you think you all do? Get get the hell away from there. I, I should throw you off this balcony right now trying to break into there like that. What's wrong with you? This is a oh. private business. Oh, back in now. I was just appraising your damage here. Seems like you need a new uh, handle. Appraising my damage here. Well, first of all, it's not my damage. Second of all, you shouldn't be messing around with other people's things. If Mr. Pisner wanted you to be messing around with his, uh, his things, he should be here. You should be appraising damage without the owner. You know, what's your names? What's your names? Ah, Patrick right Price. Right now. Nice to meet Patrick you. Patrick Price. You, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? Oh, I was talking to you. Yes, I was. And he kind of starts getting really close what's to you. What's your name? Me? My name? I'm Mo. And I don't much care for you trying to break into my cousin's place of business. Oh, you've gotten the wrong impression, Mo. We're here to meet him. Oh, really? Do you have an appointment? Couldn't really make one. We just had an address. Just had an address. Well, here's the thing. You can go ahead and leave a message with me, or you could have called a phone number that is associated, and he points to the door itself, and there very much is a, uh, a phone number written right on the door, and you could have, uh, you could have gotten an appointment that way. I think you alls was trying to break in. That's what I think yous was doing. That's what I think yous was doing indeed. Yeah, yeah. But you don't look... You don't look like the Akonis. You, you, you're too pasty. You're too pasty. And you smell... So, oh, God, you smell terrible. What's wrong with you, old man? 
Well, Mo, I apologize for disturbing you and getting you riled up. Um, Mr. Price and I will leave. Yeah, you better leave. You better leave right now, because by the time I get inside, I'm going to call the LAPD, and they're going to come down here looking for two pasty, pasty guys, one who smells like a dumpster, and then they're going to haul you off into jail for trying to break in. You understand me? By all means, that is your legal right. Me. Goes to the open door and he looks back and he's like kind of waiting. Off with you. We'll be back. And he opens the door and he steps inside. Door closes behind him. Uh, I knock on okay. the door. <laughs> <laughs> the door opens. I told you to leave. Well, I was hoping to make an appointment now that someone is in. Do I look like a secretary? Sort of. Wait, he went in the door. We just tried picking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he went. There's another door. Okay. <laughs> no. He's gonna throw a punch at Pastor uh, for sort of. <laughs> uh, all right. Where's my dice? Where are my dice? I actually have my dice out today, so I can roll. <laughs> of course. Uh, so you can roll a test. I can uh, dodge. Yeah. Uh, you can dodge uh, or you can fight back. It's your choice. Uh, I dodged and I failed. 91. Okay. How am I okay. getting the Viper, but I'm not <laughs> Mo Pisner? Because it, it definitely didn't matter. Uh, you only roll You only roll well when it doesn't matter. Uh, all right, let me get the damage on this. Uh, all right, so he's just going to punch you straight up. So this is going to be... <laughs> He's going to punch you in the face for three points of damage. <laughs> yes, you're killing me. Sorry. I, I did three of you last <laughs> night and basically killed you. So <laughs> might as well do it again. So he punches you in the face. <laughs> get out of here. You, get your old father friend here. Get your pops. Get him off the freaking balcony. It's your last warning. Because if you don't take them off the balcony your way, I'm going to throw them off the balcony my way. You got me? We're civil people here. I'll take the stairs. Then that go. There's no way to treat a customer. And I'll turn and walk away. <laughs> okay. All right. So then as you guys walk away, we will cut over for the time being. Think about how you want to handle that now. Uh, we'll cut over now to, uh, to UCLA, where we've got... Uh, Arriving, Marie, Shima, Beverly, you found a place to uh, find a place to park wherever that might be. Get out in a beautiful campus. Uh, he is not. Uh, he was not wrong. What he told you last night is an absolutely gorgeous campus. Uh, all manner of uh, palm trees and open sky. Uh, the buildings kind of have like a sort of a Grecian Roman kind of vibe to them, right? It's kind of have that sort of feel. Uh, so it looks so much different than some of the other places that you've seen. Uh, and it's so bright and green and lush in ways that your campus of, uh, of Miskatonic is not. Um, where do you all head? Uh, actually, before uh, that, the entire way here, Shaima has been talking about Ed Exley and Alex. Uh, four-time middleweight champion, and, you know, he trained with the Olympians for a few years, and so he's more than just an entertainer, he's an athlete, and he showed me these, and, uh, as 
she talks about the wrestling, like it, it actually becomes a little more academic and technical, and it becomes clear that her knowledge extends beyond just like grappling someone, and uh, it, it she just very excitedly talking about all of this stuff, but very specifically and very pointedly about how Alexi is the bee's knees. <laughs> well, my Miss Oberon, I had to be to be fair, I had never considered that there was a technical side to wrestling. I really have heard about the exhibition, so to speak, and it seemed all uh, almost like a play without the music and fine clothes. But it's been quite the education to hear about the athletic and technical side. She turns a little red at that. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, I'm glad we're at this campus. This is a beautiful campus. <laughs> you know, I wonder if Ed, he mentioned stunt work. I wonder if he was doing any in the in the in twenty four. Well, that's you know? a really great question to ask him. That's very uh, interesting. Did, did he is, mention the name of a there, secretary that we were to or speak with? I, it, can we visibly see like what building might reasonably have like registrar administration like that kind like like information? Yeah, our visitor yeah, day you, you pass. You wouldn't have a difficulty navigating a college campus. It should be pretty easy for you guys. Okay. So I think the intention is to find out where his office is. So whatever the most direct way is to do that. So you're trying so to find Ed's offices? You're going to go to Ed? Okay. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, I mean... I, I yeah, that, that's so, not hard. Right? Uh, yeah, okay. there's... Yeah, that's easy enough to do. Uh, so athletics. So it's like an athletics area building. Uh, and there's, you know, when you when we head over in that direction, it still looks like a proper academic building. But outside of that building, there's all manner of uh, of sort of a- athletic fields and practice areas and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but once you mention your names, uh, you're very easily and swiftly uh, m- sort of maneuvered in the direction of, of Ed. And when you see him this time, he is not in the suit that he was in yesterday when you saw him at the hotel. He's now in, it's a little bit different. He's, it's almost like an athletic sweater in a way, like buttoned down. He's got a, a tie. It looks much more fluid and loose. Uh, and you can see if he steps outside, it kind of moves around in the breeze a bit. So it's definitely, he's at work and he's like, oh my goodness, ladies, it's a pleasure to see you all. All of you came. That's wonderful. I, oh, I see Mr. Wood and Mr. Price haven't came. That's a pity. That's a pity. So what can I do for you fine ladies this afternoon? Oh, morning. Oh my gosh. Where has the day gone? Yes, you, you mentioned, uh, um, Professor McDunn, perhaps, and and we just don't know our way around campus. Clearly, uh, it's gorgeous as as advertised. It's been a lovely walk that we've had so far. Absolutely, I'm more more than happy to escort all of you on over there. One moment, please, John. If you don't mind, please. I'm gonna step away for a little while. I have some business to attend to. And you see, one of the other coaches kind of dressed the same way, got like sort of UCLA logos and lettering on it, and kind of waves, and he starts. Moving off with the three women that have come to see him. 
Uh, you hear various <laughs> snickering and such around there and there. Uh, and maybe Sherbet is looking around like <laughs> taking in like, like wow, mm-hmm. there's so much more funding here. <laughs> oh, well, that, that is, uh, we indeed we do, indeed we do. We have some very generous donations, of course we do. Uh, and this, the state of California is quite proud. Of loss uh, of UCLA and as is the city, uh, I definitely am, am quite happy to be here. The weather is so much nicer. The people are so much kinder, and uh, well, I see no reason to leave now, do I? Now, uh, this way, this way, and so he he sort of navigates the the, the actual campus a bit. He uh, he sort of gives you a brief tour, shows you some buildings along the way, gives you a couple handful of stories this way and that. Uh, but eventually, you guys, uh, you're all led to um, the. He's bringing you to like the to what's called Dodd Hall, uh, which is a, is where the the history department is uh, is housed. Um, and he goes inside, holds the door open for everyone, and kind of starts working your way back up. And you can see there's a handful of people waiting to talk throughout all these different offices and things, but he's just sort of bypassing, bypassing everything, just kind of giving a wave here, here and there. And eventually he brings you to the second floor where you, um, you see that there is sort of a, a sort of a secretary's desk and you see a woman standing, you know, sitting behind it. And, uh, he kind of gives her a very, a wonderful smile, and she's like, "Miss B- M- Miss Burns, this is absolute pleasure to see you. you. Look delightful today. Let me introduce you to uh, my new friends here. Uh, this is uh, this is Miss Wynn. Uh, this is Doctor Beverly Key, and this is an old friend of mine, Miss uh, Shima Oberon. And uh, I was wondering if it would be possible. Uh, could the three of them, uh, my dear friends, have a moment uh, with the Professor McDonough? Is is that possible?" And she looks up. And she looks across at the three of you and you can tell that she is really strongly trying to consider what the hell is happening. Like she's just looking <laughs> one to the next, to the next. Shema has a giant guileless smile. on. <laughs> and she's like, well, well, look at what you brought in. How interesting. Three fine young women. Oh, well, I, I suppose uh, I suppose I could uh, make a make a request to Mr. McDunn. Uh, one moment, please. Uh, and a pleasure to meet the three of you. And she gets up and goes back in, and he kind of looks at you, the three of you, with kind of a sheepish grin. Uh, and a few minutes later, uh, she comes back out of the office that looks to be dedicated to Professor McDunn. And says, "Well, he'll he'll, he's, he'll he'll be more than happy to see you now." Uh, and at that point, um, you're led in, and you can see it's a pretty kind of classic office. There's it's bookshelves galore. You can see kind of sort of a stuffy feel to it, despite the fact that there is just a, a beautiful window just letting in this all mess of like light coming in. Um, and s- sitting behind the desk, but then getting up. At the, at the site of, of Exley, kind of getting up and sort of this big laughter. You see a man who you would probably peg in his 60s, maybe. Uh, he's got a great big bushy beard. And that's what he says as you walk in. He's <laughs> like, oh, Ed, it's good to see you. And uh, let me show you. I got a picture for you, for you, for those of you that are. And so he's got this big old bushy beard, windswept hair, 
Uh, he's got spectacles on. He's got an extremely colorful vest, like, and then like he's wearing extremely colorful clothing, blue jacket. He's like, "Oh, it's a pleasure to see." You. And then he introduced, like, he introduced himself, Professor Hamish McDonald. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Did any friend of uh, of Ed's is entirely suspect in my book. I'm just, Marie kind of just stands behind Dr. Key um, and she's just, she has definitely taken a step back behind uh, Dr. Key as the uh, professor. Yeah, which Beverly does do introductions of the group. Uh, pleasure okay. to meet you. Shemin and- thinks he's joking, but is too nervous <laughs> to laugh. <laughs> so, so Ed's like, well, uh, I'm afraid, ladies, I have duties uh, to attend to. Uh, but uh, Hamish, if you would be so kind, these are dear friends of mine. They have some questions to ask you about a former uh, professor of yours, I believe. Uh, and uh, and if you could do whatever you can to help them, I would be most grateful. And I will uh, make sure to let those at the club know about the uh, graciousness of your uh, your hosting abilities here. And he's just like they kind of do a little back and forth joke and tease one another a bit. And eventually he turns to you all. Well. Good luck to you all. Uh, I hope to be seeing you again while you are in Los Angeles. We should uh, we should get some dinners, get on town, enjoy ourselves, and uh, I'll show you a bit of town if that's all right with y'all. Uh, that, uh, can, can I bend your ear for just one moment? Can we step outside for just... Just uh, I suppose we could, indeed. Uh, Mr. Professor McDunn's time is uh, is precious, though. Uh, he is a very busy D- man. Dr. Key and, and Miss Winner are much more suited to... Uh, and well, she kind of trails off. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. And so he, they step, he steps out with you. And Beverly and Marie, you stay inside. And so uh, uh, we'll say McDunn motions to like these sort of leather seats in front. He's like, go ahead, sit, sit right down. What can I do? I, I can't do his voice. I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going pirate. I'm like, arr, sit <laughs> down, the leather chairs. Welcome. Yeah. I, it's in my head. There are certain voices I just can't do anymore, and that's one of them. That's fair. Uh, I'm literally, I was there for just 10 seconds, and then going back in. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm, uh, Shama's going to very sheepishly and quietly asked uh, like, um, I would really like to maybe buy a keychain from the bookstore do you think maybe I could mention your name and get a teacher discount if if I well if I, I'm not quite sure that the bookstore would recognize my name enough to uh Offer a discount, but if you want to drop it, you are more than welcome to. If that could somehow ease the financial burdens, of course, go right ahead. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all right then. He's like, that all? I guess that is all. Well, that that is all. Thank you. <laughs> you should have been like, can I also join practice today? <laughs> uh, so. He departs. Shami, you come in. Uh, they're really just kind of sitting down. You were barely gone. Uh, and Professor McDonough, and he's like, uh, so ladies, what uh, what can I do for you? Well, we had some questions. Um, did you have a George Ares in your department? Ares. Uh, and he, well, uh, I did have a George Ayers, Professor Ayers, yes, uh, yes indeed. Uh, 
Yes. That's uh, the name, he's, yes. He's not here any longer. That uh, He hasn't been around in quite some time. Uh, do you, Did he leave like a forwarding address of where he would be now? Oh, uh, not quite. Uh, years ago, I gave him a leave to go on a, a research trip to Africa, and he's um, well, he's never returned, to be honest. Um, but uh, as for where he could be now, uh, as far as I understand, he might still have his, uh, his personal address. Uh, I'm sure if it's that important... Uh, uh, Miss uh, Miss Burnish can provide it to you, uh, but he's never uh, made contact. It's been now that you mentioned it quite some time since I've heard from him. For a while after he uh, after he went on his on his trip, he uh, he would send reports, updates here and there for the university. Uh, he did get approval for travel, which is not the easiest thing to do to get the uh, funding and such. Mm. Yeah, but it's been. Whew, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. It's been quite a few years, in fact. Uh, and then could you detail what he was researching in Africa? Oh, ah, that's very... Uh, might I ask, uh, the, the purpose of these questions is, uh, are you uh, related to, to George? We're not related to George, but we're related to someone... Uh, we're working for... Miss Janet Winston Rogers. Winston Rogers. Yeah, Winston Rogers. Uh, and she's an acquaintance of his. That name sounds familiar, I've got to say. Uh, hmm. Can't quite place it. Uh, well, uh, I can tell you that uh, he uh, he was in, obviously he's in the, the history department, but uh, he, he headed out to Africa for... Um, he found a new site that he wanted to dig into itself. Uh, it, uh, he, he himself was, I, I can't say specifically what his research was off the top of my head. I, mm, it's possible we could have some of his, um, well, some of his, uh, his items around here. We cleared his, his, uh, his, his office out of some years ago, but I think we kept some of it in storage. I could have Miss. Uh, yeah, Miss Burnish, see if she can dig some of it up, if, uh, if that's uh, that's of interest to you. Uh, Would be lovely. I see, I see. Um, but uh, in terms of specifically what he was looking into, it's... Um, hmm, I know it, uh, ancient religions was obviously his, uh, his, his specialty, and he found something uh, that he thought was, uh, was prudent and interesting and wanted to... Uh, and he wanted to pursue it and publish and perhaps you know, give the uh, the university some glory, I suppose. But uh, but it's been so uh, so long. Uh, yes, I'm afraid I can't remember the details. Uh, and he just, without any sort of a- apology, he's just like, "Punish!" He just screams really, really loud. And uh, a few minutes later, uh, the door opens up. And she's just like, I've asked you very kindly not to yell. Ah, how else am I going to get your attention? Well, you can get up and open the door and ask politely, like most people. Uh, see if you can dig up any of uh, old uh, George Ayer's belongings. Uh, I know we made, uh, we cleared out his office a few years ago. See if there's anything around for these young ladies. Um, the three of you can 
any one of you, if you like, uh, roll a psychology test. One thing we're all pretty good at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very, I, yeah, I mean, actually, you guys are very good at it. <laughs> well, there's still lots still of fail. As we fail. <laughs> there's still, don't forget, there's still, uh, what's it called? Uh, there's still luck you can spend if anyone needed it. Oh, that's true. Shine my trick on it. Best of best success. Fourteen. Uh, Shima, well, fourteen with under a, eighty. With a hard success like that, I'll give you two things. Actually, uh, amazing. You've been listening uh, as Marie and Beverly have been doing most of the talking here. Uh, you definitely get the sense, despite his amicable nature, um, that Professor McDunn sort of winced a little bit at the name George Ayers, and certainly seemed to. Um, like the pause and how he replied and how he's talking about, Oh, it's been some time. You get the sense that some of that was a little performative. Uh, like he didn't, mm. you know, like you're getting the sense that there's, there's something about that. He's kind of a little, um, cagey with. And then secondly, uh, as you turn and you look at burnish, she does something fairly similar. In fact, uh, whereas the name George air, she kind of winces and makes a, a face and it quickly goes away. Uh, you just get the sense that the two of them are, it's not as like, oh, hey, George Ayers. Oh, that guy. Sure, sure, sure. Like they, you, yeah, yeah, there's more to it, right? And it's maybe just like a polite society thing or maybe it's more, but it definitely catches your attention as you're quietly listening while the, the while Marie and Beverly do the talking. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as the exchange happens then, uh, Shamuel will like, oh, Miss Burnish, if I, I can help you look if it would be helpful. Uh, that's very kind. Um, I'm good at moving boxes, and she kind of like flexes, like, <laughs> and you can tell that she's like, That's very kind. And she looks in the direction of like Professor McDonough at that point. And there's this moment of nonverbal communication between them where they're just sort of staring at one another, and eventually it's like, Give them whatever they need, it's perfectly fine. Uh, yes, I would love your help then, uh, if you don't mind. Uh. I bounds out the door. Okay. <laughs> like a dog that's been given a treat. <laughs> and so we'll say the the two of you head off, uh, and and much like was described, you go to like a storage room, you start going through these old belongings, these boxes and things like that, which will take a few minutes. Um, Beverly and Marie... Um, Think about whatever else you would want to ask them. Um, I would okay. say that Shima succeeded at that role. Neither of you did, so just keep that in mind. Um, as far as you're concerned, he's been an affable, affable, sort of absent-minded history accent. professor. Yeah. He's a pirate. Uh, but let's cut <laughs> back and check on the guys. Uh, as last we saw, they were caught trying to break into the offices of Jack Pisner, and then just the worst of timing, Pisner's cousin showed up. Uh, and uh, punch Pastor Wood in the face. Uh, what do you guys want to do? All right, so I think the plan is that Patrick is going to find a phone and call the number, and I am going to get in the car and park it in a place that's discreet but has a view of the door, and we're going to do a stakeout. Okay. Uh, sure. So wait, so Patrick, you're going to... A phone of sorts. Okay. So you're going to find a place to, to make a phone call. That's mm-hmm. fine. 
Uh, and you're going to try to call the number. And then, Pastor, what you're trying to hide the... I, I want to just pull the car, uh, park it somewhere that has a view of the door, but, you know, a bit okay. further away. So we can just yeah. hang out in the car and watch. No problem. Uh, okay. So what's the point of the phone call? Schedule an appointment, right? I can get... Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if like you were, if that was like a combo thing, like you guys were doing anything. So the phone rings uh, and you hear uh, business private investigation services. No jobs too big, too small, or too dirty. Mo speaking, what can I do for you? Hey, Mo. This is Peter. Well, hello there, Mr. Peter. Uh, what seems to be the problem? Is your wife running around on you, or is it something more? No, I'd like to speak to Jack Pisner. I'm sorry. Uh, Jack is currently on assignment. Very important assignment right now. We're very important people, and he's currently on a very important assignment doing very important things. But I, however, am his first and second in command, uh, and I could attend to whatever you need. So if you've got a a dirty, cheating uh, uh, wife that you would like me to catch red-handed, I am more than happy and capable of doing so. Uh, understandable, Mo, but this is investigation he's been after. This information I have for him. Oh, I see. Uh, you are you have information on on Jack's. Uh, well, that's curious. Uh, well, I would be more happy to take a message and deliver it to him when uh, such situations are available that I can deliver that message. Uh, you can start talking. Now I am ready to take your message. Uh don't have much of a message. Can we speak to him in private or meet face to face? Oh, I know that uh, he's very uh he has a very high priority case right now, I'm afraid to say. Very important business, very important. Uh I'm not sure uh I could um and he's like between me's and you's, uh he is currently uh Well, he's following certain suspects, certain persons of interest, uh, and he cannot be uh, reached currently. Uh, So when he returns from uh, that that work, I would be more than happy to deliver whatever information. Uh, You can start talking whenever you want. I am ready with pen in hand to take your message. Right. So then if you could just write down Echavaria and send that along. Echavaria. What is that? Jack should know. Uh, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I will write that down, uh, Mr. Peter. And uh, and I and and is does he know how to reach you? He could call back at a Venice Hotel. Where are you? Yeah, sure. You can give him a hotel yeah. number. That's fine. Uh, I see. Oh, that's a wonderful hotel. It's a wonderful place. Uh, you get a very fine view of the water. I can't see it from my room. I see, I see, I see. Well, uh, I will be more than happy to deliver that message. Uh, is there anything else I can do for you today, Mr. Peter? You've been very helpful, though. Well, thank you. Please make sure to... Uh, to mention that when you speak with Jack, so he knows the value of my uh, employment. Enjoy yourself. 
You too. Click. Okay. He's like, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Patrick, um, I would like you to make a spot hidden test as you return to the car uh, where Pastor Wood is. Where he has peti- uh, positioned it in such a way uh, that he can be, uh, he can see the offices themselves. Go make a spot hidden test. I've got a 45 in that. I rolled okay. a 57. I failed. Do you want to spend luck or do you want to push or anything? I don't have much luck, so I'll push. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Uh, last time you pushed, I got punched in the face. We'll see <laughs> Not going to notice. Uh, oh, no. It's 68. It's another fail. Okay. So um, you are walking back towards the car. You're a block or two away. Pastor Wood, you are perfectly situated. You're looking up at the uh, at the actual second level. You can see very clearly. comes and goes. You can even have a view of the staircase going up. Patrick, you're about two blocks away in the back. When you feel something heavy in this immediate pain in the back of your head, and then everything goes black. We're going to cut back over to UCLA. Uh, and uh, we are going to... We're going to go over <laughs> to Marie and Beverly. Uh, and I'm going to ask you what questions did you come up with for Professor McDunn? So, as a... Uh, I also specialize in anthropology. And I presume that's what George did as well. Can you just expand on maybe what he was like to work with since I've never met him personally. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me a role, uh, Beverly. And this is more of a, like, what's the attitude or what's the tone you're taking? Is this like charm? Is this just sort of logical persuasion? Are you speaking like professionally? Like, so that's I think more like, it's like just professional. Then just give me a straight up persuade test. This is really just kind of the color, how he might respond. Oh really. God, my persuade's trash. <laughs> yeah. Can take Don't a worry, I'm not treating these roles. I'm not treating these roles, by the way, as gating information necessarily. It's just, it's just sort of determining the disposition that he, uh, he comes at you with is basically what's going on. Thank God I took it. I passed. <laughs> okay. Nine under enough. ten. Wow. <laughs> That's still only a regular success. Yeah. Too, but... she, even just she wrote single digits. I'll take okay. it. Uh, okay. Uh, so I guess I should just, I don't mean to speak ill of, uh, of past colleagues or, uh, uh, folk, but he was, um, he was a fairly difficult man, I'll be honest with you, and there's more than a few of us around here that who are um, quite happy that he's no longer, uh, well, that he's still on leave. And at that, the way he says it, you get the sense that he doesn't really think that George is still on leave. Like, you get the mm-hmm. feeling that he's, like, being diplomatic. If you're asking me if I would give a glowing professional recommendation if you were to apply to whatever university that would take him i could inform you that i would not um, i but see at the same time i would uh, i would prefer 
to not have contact with him at all. He just was an odd man. I've had another acquaintance describe him as unsettling. That is a fair word, yes. That's a fair word for it. Uh, he... Well, he was a very curious man, if memory serves. He had um, interesting friends, uh, surprisingly so. Uh, and uh, he... Uh, when I say interesting, it's... Uh, they're not the kind of friends that we would want too frequently in the halls of Dodd. Uh, we definitely would prefer that they stay, frankly, off the campus entirely. They're not of the academic variety. They're not early editions. So, uh, that's all I'll say on that matter. I don't want to speak ill of, well, the dead, maybe. It's been... Uh, madam, it's 1936, and it was mm. so... He's been gone, departed for 12 years, really. We've kept him on the rolls, but that's technical accounting. So, gotcha. I'd rather not get into it too much. You're friends of Mr. Exley, so I'm trying to be polite here. We're under but the 12? impression. Yes, 12 years he's been gone. That, that, would, that would put it at night, and she's feigning like she's doing the math. That, that would put that at 1924. I think that's about right, yes. He did uh, send uh, uh, updated uh, correspondence for some time, about this or that, and, but that even faded away. Uh, uh, most of us here are fairly certain he's dead or he's gone native, mm. and to be honest, it's more or less the same thing. So we've moved on. We've given his office over to a new, uh, young, very promising uh, candidate. And, uh, many of his classes are being taken by, uh, uh, well, by graduate students who are far more motivated to education than well, Professor Ayers ever was. Professor Ayers was, was far more interested in the research than he was in helping his students. Uh, that's a shame. Yes. Uh what about yourself? What is your focus? Oh, I'm just a, a history professor. I, I, uh, I focus on uh, European history in particular. Yes. But my administration duties are taking up a significant amount of my, of my work hours, so I don't teach as many classes as I used to. That's fair. Of course, of course. Uh, let's cut over then to Shima and Miss Burnish, who are in a storage mm -hmm. room. It's fairly dusty. Lots of old books. Lots of old things that are just left around. Looks like there's decorations, various decorations for like parties and things like that that are here. Uh, and she's been kind of keeping to herself, being very quiet, polite, but she's not a social butterfly. Uh, she doesn't seem to want to talk too much. Um, but eventually, uh, she does kind of look at you. She raises an eyebrow and she's, um, so how do you know Ed? Oh, we, uh, I've seen him in, uh, his wrestling days. Um, and we just bumped into each other yesterday, uh, because I was looking for a gym and he was at the gym and then he got me into the gym. And then he worked out with me 
but I know him from before, from when he was a middleweed, and that's how I know him. Oh, so you're a fan. I see. Yes. He's so nice. He's She's so like, nice. Oh, he's very nice. Yes, that's... Ed is very nice. Uh, and then she pulls down a box. I think this is it. Oh, here, let me help. And She's about to hand it over to you, but then she kind of pulls it towards herself. And the other woman with you? How do they know? Uh, well, uh, through, through me. Uh, here, let me help. It's just like still kind of pulling it away just a little bit. So they're also fans. Uh, I, they don't watch wrestling so much, so probably not. I see. They're just nice to me. <laughs> and so um, she pulls down uh, the uh, the box. You grab it from her. Have you worked it. with Coach Long? And uh, I, this is very godless. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no deception uh, or anything. I, uh, we don't have much um, crossover between his department and history department. Uh, but uh, we're acquainted. Friends, you might say. So not a fan. <laughs> I was not aware of his professional exploits uh, prior to meeting him when he uh, became uh, a coach here at UCLA. Oh, he's incredible. He is one of the best wrestlers I have ever seen on the Eastern Seaboard. You should ask him to show you some of his patented moves. They are incredible. He showed me a few of them yesterday, and I don't think I can do them, but I think if I practice, I'm probably good. Oh, I'm sure he has all sorts of moves. Uh, shall we take this to my office? Sure, doesn't fully understand what's going on, but is not yeah. stupid enough to realize there isn't subjects. But she's not <laughs> sure what that is. <laughs> So you just keep getting uh, like little snippets like that here, but she's not like she never goes too far with it. She never gets really angry. I would say I'll rolling over your psychology as you've already kind of given her a read. You don't get the sense that she dislikes Ed or anything like that. You do just get the sense that she she is a little suspicious is all like she's just am i getting of, the sense that she's like a little possessive about him like when it comes no. to uh, oh okay. okay it's more of a it's more of like a um she is surprised she this has caught her off guard in a way okay. where she's just okay. trying to like just get the feel of the land here uh and like what's is what's, this like a they dated before scorned lover thing or she's interested and she's gauging out the competition it's really hard to roll like i don't know how that is depicted <laughs> physically uh, but you get the sense that they have history let's just put it there okay so shima if Actually, you bring the tray, you're writing their ships right now. I know it. <laughs> oh, no, the is coming, right? I'm going for Ed at this point. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Oh, um, so. <laughs> so as you start going through uh, the boxes, most of it is just nothing, just nonsense 
tchotchkes and things like that that a person would keep in their office and uh none of the books are at all interesting they're all pretty standard reference books that at this point are kind of out of date there's nothing in Mm. here that's juicy that comes out to you um so as i'm looking at the books jeff i i would like to kind of muse out loud and maybe ask um what was he working on these are so mundane if he's in Africa now, I, I can't imagine that funding was cheap. You must have been working on something interesting. But she kind it doesn't of winces. look like it from these books. She winces a little bit and she says, I certainly don't know. Hmm. Um, it seems like you would. You feels like you know a lot about his professors. You can see that she just sort of she slams the sides of the box, but in like a muted way, like a Miss Oberon. Professor Ayers was not my favorite person. And I did not want to really know him. So I did not. I will be more than happy to provide you Whatever materials we have his travel itinerary, we have a few of his other things. But in terms of what he was researching, other than he was traveling to Africa to dig into some ancient religion, I suppose I am not the one who would be able to inform you on those matters. Suffice to say, I am very glad that he left and that he never returned. No. I am sorry, Miss, uh, and and she is genuinely is sorry. I did not realize I, I thought. Miss Oberon, I am trying to help you and give you the items that you wanted. So I am going to do that because that is what Professor McDunn has asked me to do. And here they are. Uh, and so he, uh, she hands over a few things, um, Okay, so there's I got a couple things to share with you. First of all, there's one thing that catches your attention, Shima, in a weird in, in sort of a curious way, uh, because the name has popped up before. Uh, but you see, as one of those chotskis that she's just setting them off to the side, almost like these probably aren't of interest to you. There's just this decoration, that decoration, uh, a small little painting that he might have hung on the wall, etc. You notice a framed photograph. Uh, like an early photograph of a beautiful starlet. And when you look at it, you can see um, it says, George, thanks for all your help. And then it's signed Olivia Clarendon. The name rings a slight bell, I would say, to Shama, as you've heard that name a few times. So that's one thing. Uh, Then she hands over to you... um, Travel itinerary. Uh, sorry, Jeff. Just to make sure I am remembering correctly, just looking at my notes. Uh, this was the name that popped up with that person in the Savannah Asylum. Yes, there was a woman who was acting and pretending to be Olivia yeah. Clarendon. Okay, that's something uh, I have. Thank you. Okay. 
And then there is one other place that it popped up, but I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, that's something that I'm going to say somebody say else, it? if they remember it, can do it. When the time comes, we'll say let's do it. Okay. Save it for character. Save it for character. Okay. 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 All right. So uh, the other thing that she hands over to you is an itinerary. Uh, and so I'll share that with you now, uh, which just seems to sort of track where he was going uh, and how he got there. Uh, let's see. So if you want to go over into the handouts folder, uh, you should be able to see Ayer's itinerary if you scroll down. Uh, I can't like share it directly with you. It's kind of a pain in the ass because it's a Oh, that's all right. I can scroll. Uh, so it, it really just tracks his itinerary from Los Angeles International Airport uh, through. So it looks like there's rail, there's Zeppelin, aircraft, small boat, etc. Uh, and, and eventually uh, traveling, as has been said, to um, to East Africa. Uh, and there's even a small little print up of um, of kind of a map of the area just off the Red Sea. Um, so specifically Masawa. I be, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that is uh, where the, the ultimate destination was on the itinerary. Uh, now, there is also, um, I'm trying to see if I, if this is here. Um, so you do see that there are some notes, apparently, on his research as well. Uh, as you do see, like, there are some high-level sort of summary of the things that he's doing and, and what he's, what he's, uh, if you would like, give me a quick library use role. Uh, Shima. Awesome. Uh, sorry, give just one moment because I had the uh, handouts. Yeah, no problem. I was just reading that. It's just giving one moment to get back to my sheet. All good. Library use, she said? Library use, yeah. So it's basically like a handful of pages of his. It's not his. The it's not the full extent of his research, but it's it's, it's basically some of it. And so you've been asking about the research. They are not telling you, but he does have some handfuls yeah. of things around here. Awesome. Um, Eat under forty-four. You're rolling okay. so well. I have to make up for the abysmal life we used the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're just. You're just pouring, you're, you're, excuse me, you're just skimming it. Uh, there's a significant amount of pages. It'll probably take you a little bit um, more time. But effectively, um, what you're sort of seeing is it, 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 his research appears to be about something or someone called Golgoroth. Uh, and the earliest of the notes that you see in the stack seem to indicate um that it's not just about Golgoroth, but then there's like a second name, the liar from beyond. And they seem to have a, um, he seems to think the research seems to suggest that they're the same entity. Right. Um, so like, it seems like the earliest notes suggest something about them being one of the same, but then over, you know, like, it, but then it's that sort of understanding seems to evolve in a particular way. Um, you get the sense again, just from skimming it, that there's, there's a connection between the two of them. They might be the same or they might be, there's some sort of duality there or, or, or one is like the harbinger for the other. It's kind of hard to say, but those names like Golgoroth and stuff, these, these all pop out uh, at your head, you know, right out to you from your time speaking with the folks in, in Dry Grove and a few other places at this point. 
trying not to let the recognition show my face and not doing a good job of <laughs> I think visibly interested in uh, okay. collecting all of these things to take back to everybody else. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead then and let's go back to Pastor Wood for a moment. Pastor Wood... Uh, you've been sitting here, you've been watching, uh, no one's come or gone from the office. Mo's never come back out. Uh, but after a little while, maybe even an hour, you realize Patrick's actually not come back. What do you do with that Patrick or pastor? Excuse me. Patrick, would I have known where you were going to make the call? Yeah. I would have pointed to nearby payphone. Uh, I suppose I would go to retrace his steps and see if there's a cafe nearby or a barber shop that he stopped in. Okay. Uh, so if I recall, like you can do like there were, there were, there, there weren't a scattered maybe, but they, I think the pay, pay phones did exist in the 1930s. So you will find one a couple blocks away was probably the nearest one. That's kind of what I said before. And so we'll say you backtrack uh, a couple blocks away. Uh, the payphone is sort of right there, kind of outside, built into the wall of one of these shops. And there's somebody using it, but it's not Patrick. No sign of Patrick from here to there. Yeah, yeah. You can see there's plenty of people on the road, back and forth. Uh, or excuse me, on the, on the sidewalk, back and forth. Busy day, beautiful day. Um there is one moment where as you're lingering at the payphone, you do notice this, um, this car roll past you on the street and you realize as it gets close, it's a cop car and there is a cop. His face is looking right at you and for no apparent reason, it's just kind of giving you this stink eye and the car just rolls past and keeps going. I give him a nod as he goes, just like politely wondering what that's about. No recognition. Uh, I head back what to the next? car and I wait a little bit longer, I think. Okay. Uh, we'll say when we say a little bit longer, give me a general idea of like how long you would wait. Like, Yeah, I'm definitely on hour, edge hour. because we've been ambushed before. Uh, we know that there are people like interested about us with the information, the farmers and all that, you know, it's been a day. So he's absolutely had time to talk to Jack about us. Um, I would say another half hour to an hour. Uh, and I, I would be watching more than just the office this time. I just want to watch the whole street. Okay. Uh, okay. Sounds good. So we will then cut over to Patrick uh, as last we saw Patrick, you felt something on the back of your head, a bit of pain. You can take one point of damage, uh, for that. When you're, when you come back, uh, you feel a terrible headache in the back of your oh, head. Oh, my head. Eyes open and you realize you're bound and you are tied to a chair. You are in the middle of 
well, you don't know where the hell you are, but you look around and it's kind of a crummy looking room or basement, something like that. Looks like, you know, boiler room kind of deal. Uh, no, no windows. It's very loud uh, from the from the actual machinery down here. Maybe uh, the response you, would be to try to free my hands just to wiggle. Okay. And you hear a cackling voice behind you like, <laughs> wakey, wakey, big guy. Oh, look at you. Look at you. And coming around from behind uh, where you couldn't really see him, uh, you uh, you see a man uh, with a kind of a light gray suit um, and a, um, you know, a, a kind of a light colored fedora that he takes off at this point. He sets it uh, on the ground or on the like a nearby like desk or, or countertop. And he just starts like dabbing uh, his uh, his his forehead a bit. Well, look at this. This is uh, you're not gonna believe the coincidence. <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? Now, I don't think you understand how this is working. I'm the one who's gonna be asking you questions, not the other way around. You understand? It's illegal. <laughs> legal schmeagol <laughs> who really cares all i know is i'm the one and he pulls back his his jacket and you can see he's got a gun and it's like i'm the one with this and then he pulls back the other part of his jacket and you can see there's like a little black jack hanging down from his belt and i'm the one with this too and you and he pulls out of his pocket you had this tiny little thing. And you've got, he's got your razor blade. So very interesting. So very interesting. So <laughs> I didn't think it would be you. I, I was kind of angling for the doctor. <laughs> she seems like she'd fold in a, in a stiff wind. But <laughs> I'll take what I can get. You teed it up for me. So <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so my name which I imagine you might already know, as you are at my place of business, is, uh, is, is Jack. You could just call me Mr. Pisner. <laughs> okay, how's that? Uh, and don't worry, I know who you are, Mr. Price. Or do you mind if I call you Patrick? You can call me Patrick, Jack. <laughs> good, it's good. I said you're going to call me Mr. Pisner. And he pulls the blackjack out and he slams it against the countertop. And you can see it rattles really bit. Mr. Pisner. Right, Mr. Pisner. As he's talking, I'll try to loosen my binds without him noticing. Uh, sure. Um, it's going to be contested. So if you would like, you don't really have anything. This is going to be with a penalty die. Yeah. Uh, but you can roll like a dex test with a penalty die against uh, him. And this is going to be instantaneous. So he's going to get some, some talking first. Penalties okay. like... An extra die, but you take the worst. So you're rolling two. You're extra rolling D10. two d10. Yeah. So like the first number. So if you were like a twenty, you're rolling a your second number. And the system would just be negative one bonus dice. Yeah. So like okay. it'll if you if you prompt it up, it'll you can go ahead and pick it. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, uh, ninety nine. That's a nice ninety nine. Ninety nine. Uh, okay. So it doesn't happen immediately as you're trying to do this. You're just. He's got you. He's got you very, uh, very firmly, uh, very firmly, sort of tied in a bit. And 
he uh, he kind of gets his gets his breath for a second, uh, and then he you know, dabs his face a little bit more, and then he looks at you, and he says, "Okay, let's just get let's just cut to the chase. All right, does that sound all right to you? Why are you wiggling so much? Stop wiggling! I I tied him really tight. You're not getting out, and I got your little toy here. You little let's tiny toy. Boat. We could we could be more cultural about this. No, I don't think I'm gonna do that. I'm, uh, I don't think I'm gonna do that at all. I, I, like where the, the the various positions we're in right now. See, I'm up here because I'm better than you, and you're down there because you're worse than me. And you're gonna listen to what I have to say. You understand? Does that sound good? I don't have much of a choice. Yeah. See, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it, Patrick. There you go. You see, I know a lot about you, and <laughs> you don't know shit about me. I know that you all came out. A group of you, uh, about five, maybe six, if you count that uh, that pilot over at the at the at the Palm Lodge. Yeah, we know about him. So I know that there's a group of you that came out here, and you're asking all sorts of questions, and you're poking around. And before that, you were poking around somewhere else that you didn't. Now I'm just kind of curious there, Mister Patrick, since I already know those things, and the only thing that's keeping you from getting shoved in that boiler and, you know, melted alive is telling me something I don't know. So, it's time for you to do that. Well, and I'm kind of curious who it is that, uh, who it is that sent you out here. I can't give you the name. Slams the blackjack again. Listen, I can be here all day. I have no other appointments. You my only appointment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do about it? Um, let me think for the name real quick. You don't know? <laughs> no, 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 I do. Okay. No, I do. Fake name? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'll give him a random fake name. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me a fast talk. I have a five in that. Yeah, I should be able <laughs> to hit that too. with how I've been rolling. <laughs> yeah, you have a going that long. You can always take a bonus. 32? I, I, can I pass that with luck? I don't uh, think so. You had no, 20 luck before. I don't have so, enough yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. No. You smell that? It smells like bullshit. Oh, no, it's just you. No, give me a real name. Made-up name. What kind of name is... Is Michael Mouse. No, no, no. Tell me exactly who it is. <laughs> You're going to have to give me something first. <laughs> I'm going to give you a broken foot. Then I'm going to give you a broken hand. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to give you a broken nose. Is that what you want? Well, I'm not. I'm no use to you dead. That's true. But I didn't say I was going to kill you. I said I was going to break you. That's a different thing entirely. We'll see if I talk. I guess you're right. I guess we will. And then he swings the black drag across your face in such a way that it kind of catches you. It's not even so much your face. What, as your what head. is that? Kind of catches you. You're uh, it's a blackjack. It's like a, it's like a, a, a leather it's club. Like, like a leather club. It's like what um, oh, okay. cops basically used to carry. And he whacks you in that sort of behind the ear. Take one point of damage. 
Oh, he's tripping. <laughs> did I, uh, did I loosen up some memories? <laughs> did I? Where am I? <laughs> well, you are in the great state of wherever the fuck I say you're at. And you're going to answer my questions or I'm going to keep doing that. Five, four. What'd you ask me again? I want to know who sent you and your stupid little friends. That's who it is. That's what I wanted to know. What's it got to do with you? And then he whacks you on the other side of the head, behind the ear, take another point of damage. What's it got to do with Walter me? Winston. He's dead. It's anyway. very immediate. I would like to know that information. You have that information. That's what it's got to do with me. Oh, God. I really should have taken the dog. Eh, I'll get her next. Don't worry. Because that's the thing. I can kill you, and I could work on the other ones, because I got four other opportunities once you're dead. <laughs> you just got the one, pal. <laughs> what do you do? I'll just keep having him tripping me away. I ain't talking. You ain't talking. Okay. Well, like, Pest, Pastor Wood's going to show up at some point. Pastor Wood's going to throw me off this at some point. <laughs> you don't like my blackjack, do you? I see, uh, I see you got yourself a little blade here. A little blade. I hear you're, uh, you're, uh, good with, uh, with, like, shaving and hair and stuff like that. People think you're some sort of, some sort of, uh, hip barber, something. Oh, I'll tell you, I doubt. wonder, I wonder how good you're gonna be with the scissors and things like that if I start cutting off fingers. What do you think? You think you're gonna be pretty good at it? Never heard of a barber that can cut with his toes. That's a good point. But let's find out. And he cuts one of your fingers off. Go ahead and take a point uh, of damage. Only a point. And we will cut over to UCLA, where we are in the offices with uh, with Hamish McDonough. Uh, by this time, I'll say you can hear the sounds of both Shima's, uh, Shima's voice and the voice of uh, Miss Burnish. Uh, as they're talking just outside, and he's like, "Oh, it sounds it sounds like they've got uh, what you're needing. If you want to go assist your your friend there, is there any other questions I can I can answer for you?" Uh, yes, I we, we think we were just wondering. You mentioned students, and you know, some some of the folks that he hung around with were not students, but specifically regarding a student, uh, do you happen to remember an uh, Edgar Job? Hmm. Edgar Job, ah, he was uh, an anthropology student, yeah, history, was he? Uh, I just, it, it seemed from our information that uh, he and Ayers sort of ran in the same circles, perhaps. Uh, I can't say the name strikes me as familiar, to be honest with you. But if he was a, a student back with the... When Professor Ayers was here, he did, uh, memory serves, he did have a, a young, a young fella who kind of followed him around a bit, man, might be kind of squarely looking, yeah, a little unhealthy, and maybe that's the fella you're talking about, but the name, unfortunately, we get so many students over the years, and I just couldn't quite 
place that one. So, is there anything else I can do for you? All my questions are answered. Thank you for your time. Oh, you're more than welcome. More than welcome. And he gets up and he kind of starts escorting you out and opens the door. And there you see Shima and Miss Mc, uh, Miss Burnish going through these various boxes of things. Uh, and so the two of you can now kind of start taking a peek. So there's a there's itinerary, which is it's literally just travel details. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the autograph photo of Olivia Clarendon, and there are some like high level notes uh, about some of his research that looks like he was uh, he was sort of writing down a bit. Um, and that's that. Yeah, that's basically what you have. Before they come out, I would have liked to have had just a very brief comment to her privately. Um, okay. Just uh, right right before they came out. Um, just so just so she hears. Um, and and Sharma is genuinely like sorry about this and just Miss Burnish, I'm I'm thank you for your help today. I didn't realize it would be uh, so so unpleasant. I I have a few very unpleasant professors at Miss Q and uh, their admin assistants. Their students always know more about what's going on with the professor than the professor themselves. And, uh, so I'm sorry. Is there someone else that I should maybe talk to instead? Because I, I don't want to bother you anymore. Talk to about what, dear? You've come here about asking about a professor years. who hasn't worked here for 12 years. Both Professor McDonough and I have answered the limited amount of information that we can provide, and now we're handing over his things. I feel like we have gone above and beyond for a random public individual. That's true. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope this is somehow useful to you. And she oh, smiles, it, it but very you can tell it doesn't is. go. Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Walking um, up to this, yeah. um, Marie would have uh, kind of kind of looked over their shoulder and been like, "Oh my, does that photo say Olivia Clarendon?" Uh, yes. Wow, she was she was from that movie with Richard Spend. Oh, what was the name of that movie? Ah, uh, the 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 black cat it was the black cat richard spend and olivia clarendon co-starred in and this this was a photo that the professor had in his belongings yes and um, this is when beverly kind of steps in and like hefts the container back into shima's arms and is like Thank you all so much for your time. Um, would it be okay if we spent some time in your library? Could you point us in that direction? Sorry, Ashley, you got to read my face sometimes. I'm looking yeah. something up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, definitely talking <laughs> yeah. about yourselves. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we can probably find our way yeah. there. I, when when we were walking over, that there, there were some signs that pointed us to a... a a certain, a few places. I think we could probably. It's such a lovely day outside. 
I wouldn't mind. You got, yeah, you can around. you can find the library. It's not an issue. Yeah. So then, uh, Beverly will like remove us from the situation. Like we're not going to talk in front of these people any longer. Sure. And it kind of corral us Thank into you. the library. Thank you very much. Have a very pleasant day. Appreciate your time. Goodbye, ladies. As he kind of smiles and waves, and Miss Burnish is like, "Have a good day." Very professionally. Very professionally. <laughs> Such a professional smile. Okay. Uh, Miss Oberon, so, she did not seem like the friendliest of sorts, oh, did she? Oh, no, I, you know, I, I got a strange sense about her and Coach. I, I don't know. Oh, are I, they, is he spoken for? I didn't get that sense. Well, perhaps there might be some uh, local interest here that someone coming in from out of town might just disrupt the apple cart. She didn't like George's, though. She seemed to, uh, I mean, she she was very helpful with getting everything, but Sham uh, is going to relay as best as possible the general sort of demeanor and discussion that was had. Mm. And Doctor Key, you're you're probably right that we shouldn't uh, speak in front of them, but I was just so the, the connection of the actor and now his co-star who was part of his obituary and now and she's photo not is dead in his is she office? Olivia Clarendon no. no not at all she just had a movie come out a couple months ago okay hmm just a tangled web they wove okay um is there anything that the three of you want to do before we cut back to Pastor Wood? I don't think so. Okay. If that's the case, Pastor Wood, um, another half an hour has passed. Still no Patrick. What do you want to do? Pastor Wood is stewing, uh, has been this whole time. Uh, he got punched in the nose by a guy that he wanted to punch back, but he held back. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Patrick is gone. Uh already tense because of being ambushed and all of that. So uh, he wants to go take it out on Mo, I think. Uh, and he's going to go up to the office. Okay. Do you knock on the door? No, no, I'm just kicking. Okay. Uh, just out of curiosity to see how well this goes, uh, roll like a strength test or something, or a brawl if you wanted as you walk up to the uh, door and try to kick we're it. We're always three points higher than strength, so I'm going with yeah. that. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. 27 okay. under 53. You So not uh, quite hard. Is my math do you right? want Do you want I'll to spend, spend one luck point to make of it luck hard. to make a I don't know. I, I don't have much luck left. Uh, yeah, I'll go down <laughs> to 98. such a freaking brat. I'm going <laughs> to murder you with Mo. Mo's going to throw you <laughs> off. The freaking balcony here in a sec. You kick the door open and it goes sprawling. And you're like, What the fuck? Who the fuck do you think you are? And you see the big guy come storming around. Oh, that's it, old man. That's it. You're going for a ride. And he's coming up with, like, he's, he's like doing the classic, like, getting his, uh, getting his forearms loaded. Uh, uh like, I just uh, raised my gun right at him. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're all friends here. What the, what the, what seems to be the problem with you is there, old man? Just because I punched you, you, you want to punch me back? You can punch me back. No problem. No, right here, right here. I've broken my nose like four times. What's the fifth? Will you shut up? 
I'm looking for your brother Jack. I need a consultation with him. You're going to make it happen now. Speak. Okay. I don't have a brother, Jack. Your cousin, brother, whatever it is, Jack Pisner will be in this office shortly. I I don't know if he will. I, what I said before isn't untrue. He was on very special assignment. Uh, he was following some folks, and he was doing his thing. Uh, and that's that. And where was I, he following them? Well, you know, uh, here, there, everywhere, that, that sort of thing, all around uh, Los Angeles. Can you, can you put the gun? Can you stop pointing the gun at me? Would that be possible? Why don't you have a seat? And I point to one of the uh, chairs. I assume there's a chair, like, in front of the desk. I don't want him sitting behind sure. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he says, no, uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't have a way of contacting him. Uh, if anyone needs to contact him, they call here and they leave a message and then he comes by later and he's usually here before he goes home for the night. And But that's going to be hours from now. It's not even lunchtime. He doesn't... He comes by maybe once or twice a day in the morning and he's already been here once and then at night and now he's gone. I close what's left of the door. Uh, and drag another chair in front of it to prop it up. I'm not too worried about it because I want to keep the gun on Mo. Uh, okay. Um, okay. He is going to lunge at you uh, as you try Fair to enough. close. Yeah, as you try to go close the door. Um, what is your dex? Uh, seventy. Okay, uh, you are obviously gonna, you're going to get to go first as he's fairly big and lumbering and you have the gun ready to go as well. Uh, and so he is, as you ever so slightly turn your head, even for the briefest of sex and sex, uh, seconds, just to grab the, the doorknob to close it, he takes that opportunity to, to lunge himself at you. What do you do? Uh, I'm shooting him. Okay, roll your attack. Uh... In the middle of a what what is the rule also about you can take multiple attacks uh yeah so with a gun it depends on the gun and depends on how many any basically how many bullets it has uh so there's a number of where's your character sheet what kind of weapon do you have i've got it'll a 44 how, revolver smith and wesson yeah. triple lock so it'll basically tell you uh, how many how many shots you have where are you so it's the, okay, the 44 revolver. So that one's got, uh, max uses per round is three. Uh, so you have the potential. Right. I'm taking yeah. three shots, uh, and I have rapid fire talent so that I don't take the penalty die for them. Okay, perfect. Uh, first one's an 85, uh, which my handgun is exactly 85. Okay, that hits. Uh, uh 24. Well, give me the damage. Oh, do I first. need to do damage first? Well, let's just do it because he might die. So keep going. Okay. <laughs> oh goodness. What's uh, the damage? One hundred is a critical fail, isn't it? One hundred is a critical fail. Yes, but well, let's do the damage of the first one. Uh, eleven. Okay, eleven points of damage on the first one. Okay, 
he is not dead. Uh, he continues to lumber forward. As you catch him, like a, uh, a wound, like right, just missed his heart. But he continues to lunge at you. What's the second one? Nine. <laughs> What's the damage on that one? Nine. Sorry. It, it, it was a hit. It was a 24 it was total. A hit? Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, and he tries to lunge. And then the gun this time goes up to the head. And the head just goes. <laughs> and he just does like a giant tree falling backward. Right down into the chair. And now he's just sitting there. Hole in his head. Hole in his shoulder. Bleeding out as you just fired three shots in the middle of an office building. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. And we will pick up yeah. on that oh. oh, shit. <laughs> no. Okay. I love cliffhangers. Oh, They're just too much fun. I'm sorry, Long. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? You just killed the guy. You're like, I'm going to fire three times. You, you know, I don't have to. I'm a Texas Ranger. You know, you 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 shoot you shoot the whole the whole okay. barrel, the whole what you call it cylinder. Okay, the whole barrel. Okay, all right. Interesting. What an interesting episode. As we had so much flirting <laughs> and yearning, and then we end on Pastor Wood shooting a guy in the head and Patrick getting a finger cut off. And it'll the be boys a had we'll a start with very different day than the girls. Totally <laughs> different day. Totally different day. Yeah. <laughs> lovely oh, day God. in ucla walking around the campus being escorted by an apparently popular gentleman just I feel so rejuvenated after being on <laughs> campus again back in my <laughs> you know zen <laughs> go back to the hotel can't find your your male friends so one of them's in jail for murder the other one you never see again for the rest of your life and his his fiance <laughs> is extraordinarily upset you know a tuesday that's basically what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh yeah, let's end on that. That was a lot of fun. Uh and we'll uh we'll pick up. Oh, that was good, so those great. are good shots. Those are good shots. You actually, no matter whether you had the gun or not, you did have you did have him on, on decks anyway. Uh as he's a big lingering guy. But you just killed you just killed Mo. What the hell's wrong with you, man? You're just, you know, he punched me in the face. I don't feel bad about true. it at all. Th that is fair. <laughs> That is fair. Okay. <laughs> like oh proportional response. <laughs> All we found was his finger. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's do some uh, closing plugs and then we'll get on out of here and we'll be back next week uh, to see uh, the conclusion of uh, this incident. And we'll see what happens. Um, I like to think that the next time we come, it's still just going to be the same thing. Like you guys are on library, you're looking through books. Blissfully unaware. Go have oh, yeah, brunch yeah. somewhere, you know, just go have brunch. We see like a little scene of them like eating quiche and drinking mimosas and such along the water. And then we come over and Patrick Price is down two fingers and he's bleeding out. And Pastor Wood is cutting a man into pieces and throwing it into a, into some sort of broiler room uh, and trying to dodge cops. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and do some, let's do our closing plugs and we get on out of here. Uh, so next up, our next game is Monday, uh, as we got monster of the week, uh, Tuesday, normally Tuesday is a Steven's night to GM, but, uh, but Aaron is going to be taking over for a couple weeks, uh, as, uh, we're going to be running heroic deeds, uh, game. One of our friend Pete from Garbola games, uh, has up on Kickstarter right now. So we're going to give that a go so you can kind of see what it's like and maybe, uh, back at yourselves. Uh, Thursday, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. We're getting very close to the end with that one. Probably have two or three more episodes left before we hit the end of that. Uh, Friday, Wrath and Glory, Warhammer Wrath and Glory. 
And then obviously Saturday, we'll be back uh, with this crazy game. Um, in addition to that, go ahead and check out the Discord. We have a brand new Discord. Uh, links in the notes, links in the chat, all that kind of fun stuff uh, where we are doing all sorts of things, including including what, Steve? What else can you do besides just talk with us uh, over there on, on that Discord? Well, if that's not good enough, I don't know what is good enough to get you jo to join the Discord. However, uh, I am working on my own tabletop RPG system. It's a Weird West game. Uh, action horror uh focusing on very cinematic moments i like to describe it as hellboy and tombstone uh and we are play testing it on the discord so if you would like to get in a session that is a possibility you can play with me uh occasionally some of these people might join in uh and we can have a lot of fun so please do that Perfect, perfect. Uh, and then uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, also check out uh, the links for for Chuck's game, Teenage Odyssey. Uh, he, that's coming up on uh, on Kickstarter in a couple weeks as well. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, check out the YouTube page, Adventures in Lollygagging, all that good stuff. Uh, and uh, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think that's it. We're gonna go yeah. ahead and raid our friends over at Lost Caravan RPG. Looks like they're playing some Pathfinder. Uh, so follow that raid. If you haven't already followed the channel, please do and uh, come hang out with us and say hi on Discord. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you.